Yeah. yeah You're wearing you, your dad's jeans. Yeah. Hey, that's how the show starts. You get your own jeans? You got to... Which, is, which one of us is going to be the first one to use a very dad joke? Your dad's been dead 10 years. You're still wearing, still wearing his jeans. Still wearing his jeans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. You got your dad's which one jeans. Of us is, what do you think? Which one of us is going to be uh, <laughs> working with a cane? <laughs> oh, I, listen. I, I'm, 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 I'm almost working with a cane now. I bet you they're Kirkland jeans. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Let it go. No, I, I was actually going somewhere else, like the picture of Dorian Gray that Dan doesn't age because somewhere there's a, a painting of his cock. <laughs> oh, of See? course, we must go there. Uh, well, I thought that's where we were going. Away. <laughs> that's right, it's all withering away, and it's small. Okay, uh, we have no time for this nonsense. We've got to get right going, get going right away, get right, a- get right into it. Here, like yesterday, was all nostalgia and went over a bunch of audio that we used to play in our show. But I found one thing, and I've boosted it, Dan. So don't worry. I found one thing that uh, I wish we would have played yesterday. And this would happen from time to time where we would start laughing so hard where you can hear. I can't speak in this clip, but Fred... Fred is doing that thing where he gets sort of squeaky and high and he can't talk and he's wheezy. Anyway, wheezy. anyway have a listen to this. This morning, another Humble and Fred show. There's nothing funny about what we're going to tell you, but um, it's just a weird little story. Guy was at Pearson Airport yeah. yesterday and he was taking the ashes of his mother back home. To China, wasn't right. it? Well, someone stole mm-hmm. the urn with her ashes, mm-hmm. thinking it was something else. And now there's somebody walking around, some thief walking around with uh, Poon Sao. Poon Sao, the mother. <laughs> Poon Sao is the mother. So, Humble and Fred just want to tell you. <laughs> if you have Poon Sao, give her back! Okay. We've officially lost control of the program. <laughs> the host sets out. <laughs> okay. You're back right now. The Humble and Friends Show. Yeah, they'll try again tomorrow. Weekday mornings on CFNY 102.1. There you go. <laughs> This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from Humble and Fred Studios in Brampton, Toronto, and the western shores of Shimong Lake. Mm. And is brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, and GoDaddy. And now here are two men who say sixth wave be damned. This is the year they're picking up pickleball. Probably. Maybe. Pretty sure it's Humble and Fred. Mark Jordan, Amy Skye joining us today. Dan Duran's news later on. Mike Boone's making his regular Thursday appearance. And, well, it says Tim from Health Gauge, but I'm never sure if that's going to actually happen or not anymore. Uh, thank you, Dan Duran. Uh, what I wanted to say. Uh, oh, Dan's gone. Okay. Yeah, he checked out quick today. Yeah, he just he just up and left. 
Maybe he lost his connection or something. I think he was just letting himself out. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so Mike will be here. Dan will come back. We're going to hopefully talk to Tim from HealthGage in Florence, Italy. Wave number six. Interesting, Dan brought that up right away, that the sixth wave might be upon us. Ontario says, uh, doctors say Ontario has already entered the sixth COVID-19 wave. And uh, I want to, you know, can we start? Also, we're going to get to a couple of emails, too. Do you have anything to say about that, sir? The sixth wave? Well, it's just, you know, we've talked about this over the entire wave on how different regions look at it differently. The Center for Disease Control lifted their warning yesterday for cruise travel in the United States. (laughs) And remember back right at the very beginning, there was a big problem on the cruise ships. Remember? Yeah, it was one of the worst problems, actually. You remember very early on? Wasn't there one cruise line where a ship was stranded off the shore? Oh, yeah. Of the States for almost a a couple of months? They couldn't get them off. Yeah, it was a big uh, spreader situation. Yes. And now, uh, yeah, as of yesterday, no more warnings to jump on a cruise ship and uh, enjoy yourself. We're here in Ontario now. Again, more dire warnings from more the nursing community than any other that... Everybody's carrying on like we're on the other side of this, but they're still living a a hell within the walls of the hospitals. That's a good point. Uh, Here in this article I'm referencing, it says that uh, Ontario health officials are reporting 790 people in hospital with COVID-19. This is two days ago, including 165 patients in intensive care. But you said something there that I actually was going to bring up with you, which is, isn't it interesting? You and I have spent some time in California and in Florida. I I found it interesting that different jurisdictions have handled it in a completely different way, as you said. Almost like it, it, it ended in those places a long time ago, and they've somehow coped with all of this. So my question is, why can't we? One of the things, I, the reason I wanted to bring it up about the sixth wave, because we we're all hearing about it now, is this the wave where we just learn to live with it? Yeah, I want to say we have to. I mean, of course, who knows, depending on how severe it gets. But it's the point I made the other day. A lot of those jurisdictions in the United States, I mean, we keep looking at the death toll. They have picked their poison. And and I guess they're willing to put up with death to protect business, livelihoods, um, jobs, and mental health. I think maybe that's a decision they've made. And you don't think we've made that decision or you don't think we've made it? I, I, I think we're in the I think we're sort of trying to decide right now. Yeah. And, and that's kind yeah. of why I bring it up. Like, are we at that tipping point? Are we at a point where we're going to a, there's going to be an allowable or a livable amount? So as of the 21st of March, we all know where you can sort of we were a allowed to take our masks off you know schools restaurants bars etc there's still places at least here in ontario where you have to have a mask on Mm -hmm. and they include public transit obviously but hospitals medical clinics long-term care and congregate care settings such as shelters and jails The, the government says though that mask mandates in those categories would lift on the 27th of April 
effectively yes. putting to uh, putting an end to any requirement across Ontario. But I see that I think I think that's their area for wiggle room. You know, as uh, April unfolds, they may say, you know, that aspect of it, we're going to keep in place. And I think everyone would understand. And what's to be hurt by that? Like, I went to my dentist last week. You know, they insisted that I wear a mask in there. But again, that's a medical facility. And I was cool with that. If I went into a hospital today, um, you know, I would wear them. I wouldn't even think twice about it. I'm going to the doctor tomorrow. And I'll wear a mask in there. And it's like, okay, yeah, it makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that. My, my, my dentist has some really you know, aggressive measures for ventilation. And I don't think those yeah. are ever going away. You know, they, no. they have, the, I had a cleaning a, a couple of weeks ago and they have this, yeah, all the protocols we've said, masks on, pre-appointment screening, day of screening. And they even have it so you stay in your car, call the receptionist and they tell you when to come in for your appointment. Because you think about that area. And I talked to him, Dr. Steve, and, and he was telling me like, these measures they put into place, I mean, you've got a, an open cavity in somebody's head. That's right. the, whole, the whole place. So I don't think those places are ever going to not have some kind of protocols in place. Yeah, which makes sense. Um, my dentist, I had my teeth cleaned last week. I go in like every four months. And for the last three or four visits that I've been, they don't finish with a polish. You know when they put the stuff on and they with the rubber thing and they yes, polish I, your teeth. I, I think we all know well, what they, a polish is. I, I, I said, pardon. I said we all know what a polish is, but go and tell. Oh, okay, no, explain it. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> what they? Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, what so they, they, go, they what don't. They, they don't. They don't polish you right now. Yes, because and I said, why is that? And they said because the stuff flies all over the place. Right? Sure. The polish, it touches your saliva, and then it can come whipping out. And then when I went last week, I said, you're still not polishing. And the woman says, no, here we're not. She says, a lot of dental offices, she says, I work at another one. They've been doing it for the past year. But doctor, our, my doctor still doesn't want to go there. Uh, so I still haven't had a polish. So my doctor, Dr. Steve, and um, the fabulous staff at Sherwood Dental. Uh-huh. They uh, have a contraption. <laughs> there's, a, there's a phrase you haven't heard them about. What's this contraption? Mm-hmm. They've got a contraption there, and it's like a, 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 a it's like a vacuum, a, a, a plastic vacuum hose that's right next to you. The hygienist is wearing seven layers and a and a plastic mm-hmm. shield, and so as they do the polishing, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That mouth goo is flying into the is being sucked out of the air immediately. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, what I don't really like. Sometimes the polish tickles. You know, like that thing they use the little polisher. It's the yeah, we the know buffer. It oh, do you? Yeah, we know it <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd love that. Well, you know, no, explain. Tell me what a, a polish is. You know that little rubber thing. That little rubber. I know what you mean. It gets down near your gum line. It's it like, does. It tickles. It's like somebody somebody tickling your taint or something. Just that little feeling, you know? Okay. <laughs> okay. You know that little jumpy yeah. feeling? Yeah. When, when so, <laughs> wait, wait a second. You're telling me they won't polish your teeth at your dentist, but they'll stick that thing up. 
<laughs> Stick that thing up your ass. That seems less hygienic to me, but I don't know you. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, crazy. yeah, yeah. Every, hey, everybody's got a different take and a spin that's and right. different precautions. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. Patterson. We can't, we can't polish your teeth. But if you give us a second, we'll tickle your taint. So the reason you mention nurses is because the rise in hospitalization... Again, referencing this CTV article, the rise in hospitalization is worrying, says the CEO of the Registered Nurses Association of Ontario. I guess this is, I don't even know if there's a point to all of this except to say, Wave 6 is here, but it seems to be down being downplayed except for the people that are actually treating patients in hospitals. Yeah, and I hate to say it, you know, sometimes these things can become political, too, because there's been a wage battle for years in this province between healthcare workers and the government and, you know, through all levels of government, all different stripes of government. So sometimes, you, you know, you sometimes have to look a little beneath the surface to see what's going on here. But who could argue with any healthcare worker who's on the front line? Another thing in our jurisdiction, in our situation in Ontario, is the sensibility, too. Like, they do not hesitate to identify in those regions of the states where they stayed open that if you're obese, you have a problem, you're susceptible. If you have um, a pre-existing condition, you're vulnerable. So it's almost like... It's put on to them on some level. Like here in Ontario, we all we can't really identify those people, so we all have to lock down to protect a select few. Where it seems in the United States, it's more like you have a pre-existing condition or you're obese, you have to watch what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I there's, guess. Uh, I like your, level, yeah, the onus their, is on their the, balance on that is different than ours. Yeah, for sure. I like a lot of things. Uh, checking, like I was just looking at the CTV site for the references on the nurses, but now I'm looking at the worldometer, and this is what's confusing to me. And I think I brought it up yesterday. So in the in America, with a population of 340 million or whatever they are, 330 million. Yesterday, they're only reporting 31,000 cases. In Canada, you know, 10% of that population, we were up to 11,000 cases yesterday. So basically one-third of the reported cases in America. And I, I can't remember if I asked you this, or you and I and Dan were talking about it, about the idea that somehow they may not be testing anymore because if you look at some of the other bigger countries like South Korea, is up to 424,000 new cases. Germany, 267,000 cases. Those are the big ones. And France, 170,000. So I, I throw it out there. Uh, we're, we seem to still be testing and reporting. They seem to have basically stopped, mm-hmm. virtually stopped. Well, comparatively. But, you know, everything you read, well, here in Ontario in particular... Every time you read statistics, they warn you that the pullback in testing, this is probably not an accurate indication of where we're at. The cases are probably way more. Some some doctors say tenfold than what we're reporting even here in Ontario. 
Well, wouldn't that make sense? If, if America's only, only reporting 31,000 yes. and we're reporting 10, I'd say our number's closer to, and, and it might be, we might be, there might be more cases. It's, but I, I guess overall what I was sort of getting at is that it seems like we're the, the, the novelty, and I don't mean that in a pun, the novelty of freaking out over numbers, cases, and deaths, sadly, seems to have, we've all been worn down by it. Right. Plus, as uh, two years into it, if somebody had symptoms before they freaked out, they wanted a test, they ran to the hospital. Now it's almost, yeah, I don't feel well. It may be COVID. I'm going to run, uh, you know, I'm going to ride it out for a couple of days. Some people aren't even getting tested. They're thinking, you know, if this yeah. is COVID, I'll be over it in three or four days. That's true. No, that's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've had this conversation a few times, which is, you know, in, in November, Charlie, my daughter, mm-hmm. was the first person in my close proximity that I, I knew with COVID. Now, four months later, I know a ton of people that have had, you know, the Delta, Omicron, sorry, Charlie had Delta. So, and I was on this set with Spencer a couple of days ago, and, you know, everyone had to do a pre-screening. I had to be tested before you get to go on the set, etc. Very, very safe. But um, there was 35-ish, 20 and 30-somethings, and most people were talking about, oh, yeah, I've had COVID. Everyone had COVID. People have, it just seems like it's gone through the population at a, at a rate that two years ago would have freaked us the mm-hmm. fuck out. Well, I was talking to my sister yesterday. She's just on the heels of it, you know, retired with her husband, and she got it. He didn't explain that. It's weird. Her daughter came to visit, my, which is my niece. You see my... Okay, wait. So how does that work? So my, my <laughs> sister's daughter is my niece. No, wait a second. So you're, so you're related to your... By marriage. Okay, go ahead. Anyway, my niece's whole family got it, her husband and the two kids, and they were trying to determine, did she give it... Did my niece give it to my uh, sister, or did my sister give it to my niece, because they had had a little visit? Anyway, the point of it is, my sister didn't feel well and thought, boy, is this the flu or is this uh, uh, COVID? So she got the, you know, the rapid test and bingo, she had COVID and her husband, he tested himself. He didn't, never did get it. And she said four, five, six days, a couple of the days were just like having the flu, but she slowly eased out of it and she's fine now. So this is your sister, Pat? Uh Uh-huh. Is it Pat or Nancy? Nancy. Okay, okay you weren't you were going to go with that? Okay, it's not Pat Howard. So Nancy is your sister. And I don't know, I think I brought this up a couple of weeks ago when it was somehow, or maybe it was two years ago. Uh, I don't know that, I don't remember running into Nancy and Joe, right? Your brother's Joe? Yes, you've met. Years ago, though. Yes. Like a thousand uh-huh. years ago. Uh-huh. So, she lives in St. Catharines. Okay. So Nancy mm-hmm. and her husband both tested. Now here's my question about that scenario. Are those official, like, like she tested positive. Does that no. go into the count? No. No. Because it's a, no. a home test, a self-test. Yeah. She never went to the hospital or anything. So what yeah. we're seeing in those numbers, and that's that's a, a interesting to say that it's probably 10 mm-hmm. times that, because of all those scenarios where people got sick, felt bad, did a home mm-hmm. test, recovered, and never made it official. 
Mm-hmm. Don't tell me there's only 31,000 cases in the United right. States of America. Right. And she pretty much knows it was Omicron. She said because she got a scratchy throat, but it never, ever went into her chest. Uh-huh. And see, there's another point she made, which was true. She said, Freddie, if 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 there had been any hint that it was going into my chest, I would have went to the hospital. I yeah. would have gone to the hospital. But see, with this Omicron thing where it's not going into the chest, it's sort of staying nasal and throat. She thought, well, you know, I'm not going to put myself in that position to walk into an emergency room if I'm just feeling fluish. But she was prepared to go if she had to. And I think a lot of people, a lot of these cases now are that. People are making that decision. They're doing the rapid testing going, I have it, but I don't feel bad enough that I want to throw myself into an emergency room. And what it's not doing, yeah, all that makes sense. And <clears throat> what it's not doing, it's not adding to the data being captured officially. It's just this now under, like, again, imagine what you just described with your sister or you know, my description of all these kids who have been tested and had it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, two years ago, one year ago, six months ago, are, are, we've just all become kind of not blase about it because there are still people dying. Just a little bit more manageable because it's not new anymore. That's why I mean the novelty of being this freaked out about that has abated. I mean, we've got new shit to be freaked out about. You know, beside the Ukraine situation, we've also got, you know, I, I, by the way, I've got something I'd forgotten to promo, which is like somebody reached out to me with a, an explanation of the uh, Chris Rock thing that right. you, that you won't believe. Anyway, uh, all to say that, uh, it's still here. It's just that we all seem to be more comfortable with it. Yes. And you talk about comfort. Here's the thing that I find comfort in. And I, I've said this to my wife a couple of times, and she doesn't necessarily agree. Like yesterday, I believe the number was 53% of the people that are in the hospital with COVID came in for different reasons other than COVID. Okay? So they went to the hospital. They didn't even know they had COVID. So they went in for whatever reason, right? And then while they're there, they test positive for COVID. The point being, so those numbers, 53% of them were in the hospital anyway. What I'm saying is if they didn't go for the other reason, they probably would have been part of the people that just stayed home and wrote it out. Yeah, they wouldn't be part of the official data. But but, But hospitalizations, the number that I think is more important than who has it in the hospital is who is... I see who is hospital. Yeah. Who's in ICU mm-hmm. and who was because when they talk about new like I, I'm going back to the CTV thing and perce- mm-hmm. when they talk about numbers of people in the hospital, are you saying when they come up with the number it's here uh, 900 or something Tuesday's no, 790. So Ontario says 790 pe- 790 people in the hospital on Tuesday. Are you saying that some some 50 percent of those didn't come in with covid? No, they didn't come in because, because of, COVID. of COVID. Okay. So uh, if they didn't have that other problem they came in for, they could have just been at home with COVID, maybe not known about it, or just had it mildly like my sister. Okay. But this number that they're saying, that Ontario health re- officials are reporting 790 people in the hospital with COVID-19, but that's not saying that came in because of COVID-19. Right. Then what about, comma, the 165 patients in intensive care 
because that's at the end of the people with COVID mm-hmm. uh, sentence. That I, Our, I don't. Well, that's I what I mean. I, yeah. it, but it's interesting to think that whether the numbers are well, for sure, the numbers are underreported now. Nancy's a good example. Mm-hmm. Um, again, so many people have had it. My point about the kids on the set the other day, so many people have had it now. It's just you have it. And because it doesn't go sort of below, you know, into your chest, because then once it goes into your chest, it's a pretty scary scenario. Oh, yeah. yeah but yeah. because it doesn't, the rest of us, and you know what? I thought of this the other day, how it's like I haven't had it, you haven't had it, Dan. You know, nobody that in our sort of, in our immediate group. But, but the reason that it's not freaking Nancy out and others that get it, Charlie Spencer, because it's it appears like a regular cold slash bit of a crappy flu. You know, when people were having symptoms into their chest cavity, Mm-hmm. But back to this, these numbers. So they're underreported. And, and I think a lot of people are feeling pretty good about their chances of surviving it. But finally, before we go to uh, our first break here, I don't when I one of the reasons I brought it up is I've said this. And so have you that I don't know that I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm not emotionally ready for another lockdown. I'm really not, especially because the weather has sucked so bad. In the two of the three months of uh, the first, you know, we were here in January. We got to a, you know, skip over February, but January sucked, and most of March since I've been back sucked. Yeah, and I don't think people, especially in this area, are are emotionally could get their head around having it all locked down again. No, and uh, I don't think they can. Like we have, there has to be some kind of adjustment. Like we're gonna have to, you know. I don't know, tough love or whatever, but it's, uh, you can't, I just don't think we can. You know, I, I, I'm going to finish by saying I was in a, one of the weed stores. I'm surrounded by weed stores. Of course, Canna mm-hmm. Cabana is our official weed uh, friend of the show. I'm actually talking to Andy uh, today about continuing, but there, I go into the weed store and there's a couple of kids in their 20s, maybe. Both are wearing masks. I'm wearing a mask. And while I was getting my order filled, I asked the one uh, young fellow who's probably 25. I said, uh, you still have a mask on? And what's the policy in here? And he said, yeah, uh, it's really up to us. He said, but in my family, I'm the only one that's not immunocompromised. I said, really? He said, yeah, my father, my whatever. And I said, oh, isn't that? I said, well, good for you being responsible. Uh, for everybody, and but, but that's really, I think, to to my point or your point or the point we're making is, I think people are taking it amongst uh, upon themselves to regulate based on their own personal not wanting to infect grandpa or you know you and I. And I think that's the attitude, for better or worse, right or wrong. I think that was the attitude taken some time ago in uh, yes. areas in the United States. One other thing I will say about my sister getting it and her husband not, and there's been a lot of situations like that. Having said that, uh, Delisa's brother Lee, the entire family, all five of them got mm-hmm. it through rapid tests and never went to the hospital. So there's five more. People. Oh, yeah. Um, you just have to wonder if there's forget about pre-existing conditions or susceptibility or whatever. You just have to wonder if some people are more likely to get it than others. You know what well, I mean? Of course. Like something within us, yeah. something within your genes allows you to fight it off more than the person next to you. Well, it makes sense. We all have different immuno responses to everything. I mean, you know, we, you and I talked about, for we went years never getting the flu shot, never getting the flu, but I got the flu shot this year. 
Yeah. You know, I don't know. I, you know, in a second, I want you to talk about the chamber plan because we talk a lot about, you know, some of the benefits, but the regular benefits for, you know, dental and all that stuff. It's it's part of it. Uh, maybe you can touch on that. But first, let me tell you about GoDaddy. You can start a website right now. And get it. Uh, basically, no credit cards required. You can start your website for free. You just, you know, call up. You get 24-7 phone support with GoDaddy's free and friendly staff. They're there to help you set it up in every step along the way. Uh, they've been powering small businesses and entrepreneurs for over 25 years. Look, we talked to Mark uh, Saltzman. He's doing some stuff with GoDaddy. Servicing over 20 million customers worldwide. GoDaddy's where you go to get your domain, create a website, and everything else you need to get your business online. Visit GoDaddy.ca and learn more. Yeah, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, we touch on COVID and going forward. I mean, the... You know, the uh, consideration that mental health has to be given, and of course, the chamber plan on top of this. You heard it the other day on our show uh, with Shandy McLean, how uh, the chamber plan has adjusted to really, uh, you know, consider those people that have uh, been mentally, uh, I'll say the word, damaged through this for whatever reason, losing jobs and you know, uh, financial problems. And uh, it's just another indication of what the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan can do for your small business. Go to chamberplan.ca to find out all about it. I mean, beyond prescriptions and dental and travel insurance and uh, some therapies and the teledoc system, all the things you expect. You know, even HR tools uh, available within the Chambers of Commerce Group of Insurance Plan. Take the time today. Yes, get a free quote at chamberplan.ca. Uh, a couple things here, updating the uh, Chris Rock, Will Smith situation, day four. Chris Rock on stage last night in Boston, his ego death tour, I think that's what he's calling it, continues. He's taking it around the world playing, I don't know, looked like he was playing a couple thousand seater or 1500 seater last night at some place in Boston and didn't mention it i'm surprised didn't i guess i was watching some stuff as you came on the uh, zoom meeting today and some people after the show you know one guy said oh my money back you know i guess he paid all this money thinking (laughs) yeah yeah like he probably bought the tickets before uh, it happened of course he did Oh, but yeah, no, that I just thought it was interesting. I want my money back. You know, was, sometimes you just hate people. I know. It's I like know. so he's complaining because Chris Rock didn't do a new twenty minutes on something mm. that happened four days ago. I'm a little surprised <clears throat> that uh, he didn't do something. Well, I heard he said he was still processing. Did right. he say that on stage or before the show? I, I don't know. Um, oh. I don't have the full story because I was just kind of looking at a, a bunch of audio or video before you came on. And, um, and But anyway, the point I'm trying to make, he's on stage last night. I, I was going to play you some audio of Chris Rock talking about growing up being bullied because he's a pretty small guy. Mm-hmm. You know, we often don't have a sense of how big or little TV movie people are because you're you're real you're never in proximity of them in a room obviously right but he's a tiny guy and and the fact is the the point of playing the audio you can just you can tell in his voice he's a kid who grew up being bullied and then almost killed a kid 
who bullied him and he went back and there was a big altercation. It became legendary in Chris's school. And, wow. and ever since that happened, he almost put this kid in the hospital. Mm. That the point of the story that I was going to play for you, that of Chris, it's a long segment, but what Chris came away from that saying is that it scared, his anger scared him mm-hmm. so much that he's basically been in therapy. Part of what he talks about in therapy is how to, how to not let that out. And I think in those moments where, in those seconds where he had just been punched, basically slapped in the face, struck, that it, I think for him, it was just part of that being bullied thing and not letting the rage out in response because, mm-hmm. you know, that could have gone that way. Oh, yeah. Like, all of a sudden, that could have been two guys fighting, <laughs> fighting on stage at the Oscars. Can you imagine that? Well, that's another way it could have gone. Oh, sure. You know, because the basic human reaction is to strike back. Um, and I'll tell you, this is not aging well for uh, aging well. It's only a couple of days. But from this respect, every time I see it, I think it's worse than the time before. Yeah. Like when you just a couple of days in now, how how ridiculous that was. And again, it gets back, you know, Will Smith had time as he walked up to the stairs. He walked up the stairs and he walked across the stage. He had all that time to think about what he was doing. But he was in such blind rage. And it turns out they did ask him to leave. Yes. And he refused. Yeah. What a, what a shit show when you think about all that. Yeah. Wow. Let's, talk, let's not. Uh, yeah. So I was part of the big story yesterday. The Academy reveals that they went over them. They asked him to leave the the. The event. Now, I don't know if they asked him. Did they ask him to leave before his award? Yeah. Yeah. So everyone else in the world has. That's another thing. That's why I sort of touched on this yesterday. I'm so. I started to get really tired of celebrities a long time ago, but this pandemic has really done it. But this is a great example. You and I do that. First of all, we're, we're jumped on by security. But if for somehow we go back to our seat, we're asked to leave. And we do, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but not if you make movies. Yeah, they're still uh, talking about disciplining him somehow. I don't know what that would be. You know, and the question keeps coming up: Do you think this will affect his career in Hollywood? And then, you know, on the surface, you go, "No." You know, he's a big star, of course, people. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe people won't want to touch him going forward, or for some. For some uh, length of time. And another damaging aspect of this, too, is there's all sorts of that video that him in in the post-Oscar party, Mm -hmm. dancing with the Oscar in his hand and, you know, singing along with getting jiggy with it. And it's like, wow. At that point, that was enough time to really second guess what he had done. It's like, where does that come from? You'd think he would have just wanted to go home. Well, yeah, but we're not talking about a person with... You're talking about synthesizing or processing nor, uh, emotions in a normal way. You know, I, I, I don't want to... I want to get to this conspiracy thing in a second, but I'll just briefly say that, listen, we both have... I was talking about this with Dave last time, everybody. I said, you know, I have snapped, so have you. And I said, the, the thing is, though, when I do, when I've had moments where I've... Seem seemingly gotten outside of myself. As soon as it's over, to my brain, oh, it's everything's fine. I mean, it's it's a lot of collateral yeah. damage around me, but inside my head, it seems fine. And I think 
like I was saying to Dave, I don't hold, I don't hold on to it very long. I get very, I, I, I used to get really angry, and then it would be over, and then I'd think, oh, why is everyone, why is everyone crying? <laughs> and, uh, but so that's part of the explanation I think for Will Smith is that you know it was hours later now, later now, and he'd sort of almost like he'd put it into place in his brain where it was like, oh. Yeah. What's there, yeah. what's the big deal? So I slap so I slap Chris Rock in front of the entire planet. Yeah. Just before I got my Oscar. Yeah, but as far as Rock not talking about it, I kind of I'm a little surprised only from the fact that it it's the elephant literally in the room for 2000 people that are yeah, they already paid uh, I think the tickets were like really expensive, like a few hundred bucks. So they already paid that money to see Chris Rock, but now it's even juicier. And I can tell you as a comic, like, I'm just surprised he didn't have some reference to it. Like, whatever it is, it's Chris Rock. Yeah, and I read yesterday that the, uh, on the, you know, the those, whatever you call them, ticket services, they were six and seven times their worth if you wanted to go see that show last night. Yeah, so I but, You know, so that means, Howard, if the ticket was 100 bucks, you had to pay six or 700 mm-hmm. to get in Do there. Do you have any, uh, I guess I'll... And I guess, and I guess, a lot of people did that thinking, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get the lowdown on this thing." Well, you'd think, you'd think there'd be some reference to it. I, I was a little disappointed when I saw that story because I thought, "Oh, what's, he, what did he say?" Well, yeah, but I think Amy Schumer touched on this. He was really, really humiliated by it. Yeah. So maybe he's dealing with that. Well, you know, if, if we get time today, I've got this clip of Chris talking about this incident that happened as a kid and, and how it affected him. Briefly, before we go to Mark Jordan and Amy Sky, because they're standing by, you know, there was a time years ago when I was, you know, dipping my foot into the conspiracy world. And I finally I ran into somebody that basically turned me off from the whole thing because I found the real thing ridiculous. Like, I thought it was kind of interesting that. You know, there was all these inconsistencies about 9-11. And even you, you know, you found the Kennedy thing fascinating, like a lot of people mm-hmm. do. But it's yeah. like, you know, there's a difference between being somewhat interested in it and how things work and then these people. So I got, and I've told this person, leave me alone. I'm not interested. I, I, I have no time for all of this. But, right. I, but they sent me something. And here's, the, here's, their, here's their blog entry. For those who haven't figured it out yet, the Will Smith, Chris Rock, PSYOP, was designed to raise a manufactured alopecia awareness campaign. As you may know, Pfizer uh, BioNTech sponsors the Oscars. They also recently announced a new drug to treat alopecia. P.S. Vaccines cause hair loss. (laughs) And And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? Life is way too short to see that much intrigue. And all of that may be true. The part may be true. Mm-hmm. Pfizer may be starting an alopecia campaign, and they do sponsor the Oscars. So it's like any these people. So those two things are true. So the third thing must be true that the whole thing was staged to raise awareness for alopecia to increase Pfizer's. They call it. There's a phrase I read in the article calls it's like disease PR. And anyway, so that's what these. Sucked. Yeah. <clears throat> It must suck to live that way. Yeah. And the problem with these people and that guy in particular, who I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. Everything that happens <laughs> yeah. has a conspiracy attached to it. Like, yes. what kind of... <clears throat> what do you do sitting in your... <clears throat> excuse me. That's all right. What do you do? Sit in your condo all day long and just think the walls are closing in on your... Like... 
Like everything that happens on Earth, there's some kind of a conspiracy. Somebody's out to get the masses. Like I, I what a horrible way to live. I, I agree. As I, I, that's kind of why I bring it up. Like it's kind of it's like it's one thing to sort of find the world fascinating and know that there are things going on behind the scenes. But to you, what you just said is why why I brought it up. Really? So Pfizer's a sponsor. They have an alopecia campaign. So you think that fight was staged? And they're in on it, and et cetera, et cetera. And I, w- I was going to, you know, type back or message back, but I can't be bothered. What I was going to say is, when you find the proof, absolute, when, when this is on yeah. the CBS News, then we'll get started again. Uh, in the meantime, let's, uh, let's get these folks settled. Although, you know, CBS would never report that because Pfizer's a uh, sponsor. That's they right. And that. You know that. And the Koch brothers. The Koch brothers are con- controlling everything. There she is. There's Amy Hello. Sky. Hi, Amy Sky. Oh, look who she's brought with her. Wow. Wow. Our old friend, Mark Jordan, everybody. Mark Jordan and Amy Sky. Amy, hi. Can you guys hear us? I don't, I don't think your microphones are on yet. Just un-, yeah, un- really? Oh, there you are. There we are. We uh, yes, we can hear you. You know, I, I was saying yesterday, Amy, that we've interviewed. I think we've interviewed both of you, but I think never together. And the last time I saw you two, uh, Rachel, my love, and I came to see Mark perform at the Glen Gould. I want to say that, and I saw Amy that night. There was a bunch of lovely folks there: Denise Donlin, a bunch of us Mark Jordan fans. Um, Amy, do you uh, like performing? With Mark, or is it one of those things that's like, well, he's my husband. I guess I have to. <laughs> you know what? To tell you the truth, um, the performing part is is the easy part. We've we we've it's living together. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you, you should know. Are we on air? By the yes. way, yes. Oh yeah, this is yeah, this, is, yeah, this yeah. is how it starts. No, yeah, we are very we are, informal. We're currently in Florida, so it's seven fifteen here. And there was a hurricane last night. So Mark was out in the yard at three in the morning in his bathrobe and my sh- in my slippers, uh, bringing uh, lawn cushions in. So nice. we're both a little. Uh, no, no. <laughs> Chasing lawn cushions. Chasing lawn cushions. <laughs> <laughs> Where in what, what area of Florida is it? Did it hit the whole state or what area? No. We're, we're, we're near Seaside, Florida, okay. um, which is about six and a half hours south of Nashville, which is why we're here. There's a lot of okay. musicians are here. And so Panhandle, yeah. Okay, right on. Anyway, so if we're a little dopey, you'll excuse us. Well, you'll be um, fit in perfectly on this show, Amy, because it's a bit dopey and has been for a long time. Um, it, it, I, can we, I, let's just go back a little bit to the origin story. We're going to be talking. I've already played a little bit of uh, some of your new stuff that, that you're here to promote, I know. But uh, and we've talked a lot with Mark. In fact, quite recently. In fact, I think Mark was on because of that Glenn Gould show. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Do you do you, um, when you first met? This is going way back. When you first met, was it you know I'm attracted boyfriend girlfriend or was it like a, it was? What I'm trying to get to is, could you be attracted to somebody as musicians that you didn't also respect as musicians? <laughs> What do you think of that? Could you be attracted to a musician who, like... Whose music you you thought sucked. Oh, that would be tough. Yeah, that would be tough. And, in fact, um, it was all sort of, you know, part and parcel of getting to know each other. I know for me, um, I had enormous respect for for Mark's um, art and craft. 
And um, but we we Amy really did have enormous respect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's huge. Um, it's, uh, but does that seem like a weird question? You know, because I. I I often no. wonder, like, and because you respect each other's music and talent, right. though, are there times, Mark, when you might come up with a an idea for a riff or a new song, and then Amy's like, mm, I don't think so, Mark. Just go and get some cushions. Go, you. Why don't you take a break and go get the cushions? Take some cushions. You know what? Uh, uh, there's a lot of times that I get stuck. And I go, and it, in fact, it happened just the other day. Yeah. And uh, I, I ask Amy, and she often immediately comes up with something that I either use or it just triggers something, and I can get what I'm I can I can get what I couldn't get before because I ran it by her. Yeah, and, and likewise. Although Mark's being kind. Um, often, although this particular song, and, and Mark's actually working on a song for George Benson, so it's pretty cool. And um, uh, literally, <laughs> uh, I picked him up from the airport. We drove home. It's like, hi, how are you? Hey, do you mind if I listen to a song? So he plugs it in, and he's like, I don't, I don't know. I haven't got the chorus yet. And I immediately heard a chorus line, which we then record on on the phone as we're driving and endangering our lives. But often, Mark will go, Yeah, that's great. No, that's not what I want, but now I know what I do want. So definitely yeah. as diving boards. Oh, what a team. What a team. That's fantastic. Um, considering other people's feelings and how they uh, receive things, uh, your new record is what? He Sang, She Sang is what you're releasing. And there's several covers on that. When you sing um, uh, something from Willie Nelson, do you ever consider if Willie hears this, is he going to like it? When you do a cover, do you do you ever think about that aspect? You know what? I not not so much with 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 Willie, but we we covered one of Bonnie Raitt's tunes. Oh, uh, yeah. we covered two of Bonnie Raitt's tunes. And one of them, um, we really kind of took liberties with, uh, Dimming of the Day. But the other one, You, a song called You, we did pretty close to the record. And, and I, I, I was like, oh, I wonder if Bonnie's going to hear this and what is she going to think? And, and yeah, I do. I do, I do think about that because we, we know Bonnie Little and have right. tremendous respect for her. I mean, I think she, if there's like a Venn diagram of like, Mark's over here, the artist that he likes. I'm over here, the artist that I like. Bonnie Raitt's right in the middle. Right. She's where the intersect. Mm-hmm. But, but I think it's an interesting thing to talk about in, in terms of like, because you actually have a personal experience of a lot of these people. I mean, I'm sure yeah. after all the years you guys have been doing this, there's not a lot of people you don't know. So if you're going to cover God Only Knows, which I'm going to play here in a second, I'm going to tell you, I, I love this. I played it off the top mm-hmm. of the show. But if you cover that, it's somewhere you sort of know, like, I wonder... Because, you know, Brian Wilson probably heard of you. I mean, I guess you have to think it doesn't matter because once the song is in your hands, it's your version of that song now. And you can't really think about the original. Or do you? Well, you know what? It's often weirder to to copy something note for note than someone else. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, I think you're expected as an artist to change it a little bit to make it your own i mean uh, if if we did god only knows note for note like he did it 
you probably think it was great in a way, but then again, it, it wouldn't be it, it wouldn't be like another artist is recording it because right. it would just be like a copycat. Well, especially right, right, and and I was just thinking too, Mark. It just hit me. So many people have covered your work. And some of it you wrote, you know, person specific, but some of it stuff you've recorded and then somebody else recorded it. Yeah. And in an interesting way, some of those songs are more famous than your versions, which is why you're, you can live your life, you know, in Florida. So. Um, but uh, so you have the experience as a songwriter. When you approach a song that everyone knows, Free Fallen, Baby, It's Cold Outside, You're Always On My Mind. And by the way, we are doing this to promote... Uh, Freddie, what's the name of the album again? I don't have my... He sang, she he sang. sang. Okay. So when you go ahead and everyone knows this song, we're like, okay, what can Mark Jordan and Amy Sky do with it? But I got to tell you, it really is a nice version. I, I'm going to have everyone listen to it for a second here. I may not always love you But long as there are stars above you You'll never need Doubt it. I'll make you so sure about it. God only knows why I'd be without you. If you should ever leave me, life would still go on. Believe me, the world could show nothing. Thing to me So what good would live and do me God only knows what I'd be without you God only knows what I'd be without you That's just amazing. You know, it really is a beautiful version. And, and it reminds me of when I saw you guys, when I saw Mark in, uh, a couple years ago, um, it was not a jazz setting, but it was a lot of jazz to it. A lot of stuff, uh, arrangements were very jazzy. And um, I mean, this is obviously great music. And But why, just had you thought about doing this for years together? Like, why now? So um, we uh, always we worked together very sporadically over the years, and consciously decided not to work together so that we could be married for thirty-five years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow! Um, so we took it super slow, and 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 our Florida home is actually has a lot to do with it because we on our way home to Toronto we'll stop in Nashville and for many years we would stop and record one or two songs and on the drive we would sing songs and we'd listen to songs and we'd, and we'd listen to you know our playlist and try and find stuff that was good and then sometimes we'd have like a backing track and like the the the, um, the outro of Dimming of the Day I have recordings on my iPhone over many drives where we were improvising over that thing. We would like amuse ourselves for an hour just jamming on it, you know. So um, we just took our time with it and decided that we one day wanted to do it, but only if it was fun and mm -hmm. only if it was just um, just for the joy of singing together, which we don't do very much like 
professionally. And, and it's hard, you know, to find uh, 10, 11, 12 great songs that will work, first of all, as a, as duets. Mm-hmm. Not every song does work. It's, it sounds silly. Is there any artist that you think, oh, we'd like to do that, but uh, we can't or we won't for whatever reason? We we tried it. We tried like a lot of songs that didn't didn't make yeah. the record. But I I want to just um, backpedal for one sec because of something you said about the jazz influence on on God Only Knows. So there's an amazing amazing pianist arranger producer in Nashville named Matt Rawlings who actually won the Grammy for working with Willie Nelson on the the Frank Sinatra record. And um, he he plays with Lyle Lovett. He plays with Allison Krauss. And he helped us conceptualize the arrangements for God Only Knows, You Were Always On My Mind, um, Ooh Baby Baby, uh, a few other songs. And um, he's that perfect blend of, you know, pop with the jazz voicings. Mm-hmm. And that in, that intro to God Only Knows. Yeah, the, the bass there. Yeah, that was actually, it was sort of Mark's concept. Mark was thinking you should do that on, on guitar, just those single notes. And then Matt suggested... Uh, on the, the double bass, which mm-hmm. is Victor Klaus, who's Allison's brother. And if if any bass players are listening and they know what key that song is and they hear the harmonics, they will know what a genius Victor is to actually be able to play that intro on, on the stand-up bass. Well, I, I, we, we can't appreciate it as non-musicians, but I love hearing you talk about it and, the, and describing mm-hmm. you know the intricacies and some of the talent that's on this record. She, uh, he sang, she sang. Is it available now? I'm, I'm looking at Spotify. So on Spotify, I've got three or four songs. Uh, you can look it up if you're listening. Mark Jordan, go, just go Mark Jordan, comma, Amy Sky. And some of the songs are already up there. Um, obviously, it's a labor of love. Is it available wherever people get music now, Mark? Should be. Well, the, the, the four songs that you see. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you have to remember it's very, very early here. Anything with data, direct that to me. Anything okay. Oh, okay. Right, that goes to Mark. Um, <laughs> Anything with mama. <laughs> hey, here's a question. Was there ever any consideration, Mark and Amy, to cover a Mark or Amy song? Yeah, well, about, about half the records are original. Uh, there's, I think, it's half, well, maybe 60... 60% covers 40 original. Okay. Um, yeah. But you know what? Honestly, one of the reasons we started recording this in 2014, Yeah. one of the reasons it took so long is we were trying to write originals. And it's really hard. Really hard. To write duets, really hard. Uh, just just to, be, to be clear, the album launch is May the 6th. There's four singles out right now. Okay. So that's what I wanted to get to. Jumping jump on the bandwagon. So early, you are actually our, our very first. Aw, together yeah. um, this is like a warm up before you start doing real shows <laughs> yes and I'm writing down all your questions because now I know what we're going to be asked and we'll have to practice our answers <laughs> like a lot of artists the older you get is it harder to write <laughs> um not really I, I I'm maybe a little more picky mm-hmm. you know, than I used to be I'm. I'm. Uh, it, it's funny. Uh, I, I'm. I'm maybe less sure of myself as I'm older mm-hmm. than when I was. I w- was younger. That's odd. You're usually more sure of yourself when you when you're older. But uh, so, but I I work every day uh, still just about every day 
I I do something in music, and I and um because not, not because I have to, because I love it. Mm-hmm, so, of course. So I um I it, it, it it's it's not harder for me. It's it's uh, it's something that I do as a matter of it's like getting up and walking down the street. I just do it every day. You know, I've asked other artists this before. And I'm always curious, especially with people that have, you know, been writing originals. And even though we're talking about some of the covers, obviously Mark's catalog, Amy's as well. When you are writing daily, it's something you love. Listen, we're doing this show today because we love it. We don't have to be here. Uh It's just like at some point in your life, you realize this is what I love doing. love talking to people. Do you ever write something? Either one of you can answer this where you're like, oh, that's really good. That's really good. And then Amy comes in and goes, "Hey, that's uh, Yellow Submarine," <laughs> or you know, okay, that, that was a bad, that was a bad reference. But you know what I mean? It's like, hey, that's no, that's great, Mark. That's uh, Let It Be. That's the last line of Let It Be. Yeah, I'll give that to you. You know, um, I'll tell you when that really happens. I I sleep right a lot, and <laughs> I'll be I'll be I'll be dreaming. I'm like. Oh my God, that song is so great. And like, I know I'm asleep. I know I'm dreaming, but I'm trying really, really hard to remember it. And sometimes I might get up and like record a little on my, on my iPhone or something and get up in the morning. And that's when I've written Yellow Submarine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's great. Well, the thing or is, I, I, I feelings are, what's that, Mark? Or sexual feelings. Or <laughs> right. Yes. Okay. Well. You know, whatever keeps things going after 35 years. I suppose. <laughs> like Yellow Submarine, you know. <laughs> well, whatever, whatever, whatever your pet names are, I don't, I can't get involved in that. Um, let's play one more song. This is, this would seem to me to be a natural cover, uh, especially for the two of you. Note that we roll reverse this, right? Oh, cool. I was singing the guy and Mark singing the girl. I really can't stay. Baby, it's cold outside. I've gotta go away. Baby, it's cold outside. This evening has been been hoping so very nice. I hold your hand, they're just like my mother will start to worry. A beautiful what's your My heart. father will be pacing the floor. Listen to the fireplace. So really, I'd better scurry. Have a drink Put some more. records on while I pour The neighbors might think Baby, it's bad out there Say, what's in this no drink? No to be had out there I wish I knew how Your eyes are like to break starlight the spell. I'll take your hand Why, thank you You know, that's so good Here's the thing, it's so good it's annoying it's, it's like, why? How come those two got all the talent, and you and I are just making dick jokes and you know talking nonsense for thirty freaking years? That's so good, you guys. Wow. Do you like listening to yourself, Amy? You seem to. You know what? The the truth is, um, people always say what what music you like to listen to, and I'm like mine and Mark's and our, and our kids, <laughs> our kids uh, Zoe, Zoe Sky Jordan, Ezra Jordan we're very narcissistic it's like we're kind of Mark always says we're pitchers not catchers alright right on you know it's interesting that song you know obviously it's iconic associated with Christmas and I, I think I've been telling Mark this every time he's been on for the last three or four times which is every time it snows which I was at a different radio station the first time I heard Mark play it 
uh, is my favorite Christmas song now. You know, and it's funny because I was working with Kim Stockwood. She's friendly with you guys. Kim says, Mark's going to come on and he's going to, and you brought a guitar player into our studio at uh, Boom 97.3. And I'd never heard the song before. And now around Christmas time every year, I start playing it on the show. Is that a fun song for you to, to is it something that you like singing? I love that song. I love that song. Think about you every time it snows. I mean, I, 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 I can really, that song's like a movie in my head. Yeah. And it, 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 uh, I, I wrote it very quickly because it, I just saw it. It just seemed like a snow globe to me. Mm-hmm. And that was fully formed. <laughs> yeah. Why? So that, like, was it, you just woke up one day and went, Oh, I, I have this Christmas tune I could do. Well, I sat down to write it and, uh, just, I, I, it was just an absolute movie. I just wrote down what I saw. Wow. So, you know what? It's good for you guys being so talented. It's just ridiculous. Even though this sound, this song sounds like it's been around forever. Yeah. It does. Where we first met, the cafe or the cigarettes. The day, the month, the week, the hour If the bells rang out from every town And I can't believe the streets were gold When you wanted me, so I am told And laughter wandered down the street we go Has anyone uh, covered this, Mark? Hey, Have you uh, sold this to somebody? If anybody has, um, you know, often you never know because they, they, people can just cover things and as long as they register them properly, it's cool, you know. But I, I, I haven't actually checked. I should. Yeah, this is a great one. And again, as I say, the first time I heard it, it seemed like I'd been listening to it forever. Um, yeah. Wow. Okay, Mark Jordan, Amy Sky, thanks for waking up early for us, especially considering that Mark was out doing some, you know, hurricane work, couch couch maintenance. (laughs) Stay safe down there. It's crazy, eh? The stuff that's blowing through. When you coming? When you coming back north? We'll start our drive Friday um, uh, to Nashville. Saturday we'll shoot a video. And if you have time to play one more song, our, our upcoming single is an original. We're shooting the video for it in Nashville on Saturday, and it's called Long Shot. Hold on and a second. Is it? Is, will I find it on... Uh, oh, you see. won't find it on Spotify. Okay, but, then I, I don't have uh, it there. I, I don't know if you've been sent a pre-link to the album. I have uh, not. Let me see. I've got you guys doing uh, Free Falling. Yeah, well, oh. that was our very first single. That's cool too. But, okay. Um, a good shout out for people to pre-save the album on Spotify because it comes out May six, and then they'll hear um, this single, "Long Shot," which I wrote with um, one of Mark's and my longtime collaborators, Anthony Vandenberg. I had a huge hit with him. Uh, to love somebody, Mark had you've had a couple hits with him, "Rocket" and yeah. and "Sex Symbol," and uh, and this song. 
I wrote specifically for Mark and I to sing together, which was really hard. But uh, well, you won't be hearing it now. But when when it comes out, you, you'll hear it. Amy's and I, you know, I want I want to say, you know, I I'm just can I make a like a little political statement here? I think it's appropriate. You know, everybody thinks when you hear the end result of a duet record that like, oh, that was so easy, and you just magically know how to sing together. It's really not easy. It's very hard because somebody's got to go first, yeah. right? Somebody's Fred Astaire and somebody's Ginger Rogers dancing backwards in high heels on different songs. It's not always. <laughs> but when somebody lays down a vocal and you have to match them phrase for phrase and breath by breath, you really get into their head like, oh, that's where they feel the backbeat. That's where they break the word up. And you're really thinking as them but being yourself and it's the ultimate sort of act of love and respect for someone. And and the truth is, you don't marry the person you're like. You marry the person you're completely opposite to. So when you get in the studio, we're completely opposite. We're completely opposite in almost every way. But we make a decision to honor each other in the duet process. And when I think about what's going on in Ukraine and Russia and going... If mm-hmm. the Russians could walk a mile in, the, in Ukraine's shoes and understand what it's like to be you know somebody else but you can just hold them and love them and I know it's not the Russians I know it, it's Putin but I think in any in any situation in the world today you just gotta you gotta not impose yourself on someone else you gotta see the world through their eyes sure that's well, the only you- way no, it's well said. I was, it's, I, I was thinking while you were saying that, that phrase, uh, seek first to understand, then be understood. You know, Amy Skye, thank you very much. Mark Jordan, you're a lucky man. You know, look what you've done. You know, you, know, you figured look the... Look at you two. Look at, forget all the songs you've written. Look what you've done. You, look what you created, this life of yours. Now go have a nap. Thank you very much. It's, uh, once again, Freddie, the name of the album is... He Sang, She Sang. There you go. All right. Well, listen, thanks, guys. We appreciate it. I hope okay, and, and guys, thank I you. hope you wrote down some of the nonsense we we asked you because no one else is going to ask you that. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Take care, Amy Sky and Mark Jordan. She's a good girl. Just let yourself out of the Zoom room here. Hey, Fred, uh, Mark, and Amy are Gig Sky guests of the day. Why don't you do this? All right, let me do this. Let me tell you about Gig Sky. The latest offers. <clears throat> Uh, well, the 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 the, the greatest offer uh, we can offer you is HF twenty twenty two. That's when you download the Gig Sky app, get five dollars off your first plan. Again, go to gigsky.com. And again, uh, our guests of the day are brought to you by GigSky, the only worldwide mobile data service with affordable rates in over 190 countries. Download the app today for Android or iOS. Uh, wildly convenient, no matter where you are on planet Earth, uh, you can have uh, convenient, affordable data. GigSky.com. I've always liked his voice. And Amy Sky, what a uh, force of nature she is. Yeah. Pretty unique. You know, 35 years married. You've been married for, uh, were you coming up to 45 soon or? Uh, 42. And you've been with Delise for, you know, a long time. It's. It's interesting you, you see on people on top of that. Yeah, it's, you see people that are you know collaborating and you can see that they're still you know friendly. I wonder though if they have, you know, cuz every married couple has some stuff. I wonder if they're in the studio and 
right. you know, she's pissed off, but you don't know why. And it turns out because he keeps, you know, leaving the towels on the floor in the bathroom. Right. No, Dahl and I are like that. You know, whenever we sit down to write songs, we end up in a huge argument. So we yeah. tend not to. Sure. We tend not to do it. Because, <laughs> no. you know, she doesn't know because, you know, you've got so many hits. She doesn't want to. Well, this is it. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I'll say, how can you not like that song? The whole world would love this song, but you don't. What's the problem? Yeah. Then I, go, then I go into a shell and I don't release it. <laughs> That's right. And the world is uh, robbed of another version of Fart Catcher or whatever. You're <laughs> That's right. I release something else. <laughs> you release some more wind. Hey, doll, I just uh, released a new uh, fart. How do you not like that mm. fart I just collaborated on? <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, anyways, that's good. He sang, she sang, and uh, very talented. I don't know how old uh, Mark is, but he's holding up well. He's got to be a few years older than we are. She's obviously younger. Yeah, they're in the Panhandle, wherever their place is there. I guess it's around Panama City Beach in that area. And I'll tell you, man, they get some wacky weather in that area. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Dude, we're getting some of that weather here. That's why those strong winds are expected. Strong winds, the weather statement, you know, another day of the red ribbon of doom. It can't just be a normal spring day anymore. Today it's a high of, what'd you say, 17? Something like that, 15 to 17. And Yeah, yeah. But again, the winds are going to be damaging, uh, yeah. potential for damage. Winds gusting uh, between 80 and uh, 90 kilometers. Mm-hmm. Wrecking what could otherwise be the only day this week that didn't suck. No, I know. And tomorrow's April 1st, which sucks because I, I usually like doing a show on April Fool's Day because we, you know. Oh, so many wacky. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we can come on and like mm. give like false stories and yeah, people yeah. think they're real. And then we can <laughs> sit back and guffaw at them. Sure. Oh, you believe that? <sighs> Oh, hang on. Yeah. Fire truck going by. Uh, why, yeah. why don't you chase it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we're up to date. I, 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 there's a couple things. I'm just not sure we can start a whole new thing. Uh, Dan Duran should probably... We should probably get Dan Duran back before Tim. But then I, it's always this thing. Like, Tim is checking in from Florence because as soon as we see... Him. By the way, just quickly, maybe this could be a quick topic. Did you see that they bumped up the uh, speed limit around here? Uh, yeah, you got to. No, they haven't. Not around here. It's only six areas. Ontario set to announce a speed limit of 110K on six sections of uh, provincial yeah. highway. What are those sections? There's only one section around here. I think it's the north part of the 404. I heard the QEW, too. Oh, uh, that one I didn't hear. I heard it was some 400 series. Uh, that could very well be true, but uh, I know up near Ottawa, a couple of sections down near Windsor, a section. Okay, here and, we go. And yeah. and it's been it's been a, like a test program. They've been that way for a while. They're just going to keep them that way forever. Uh, it applies to the QEW from Hamilton to oh. St. Catharines. Oh, nice. So just that Good. stretch in there. Mm-hmm. And then all the other places, uh, London to Sarnia, Ottawa to Quebec, and others. Yeah, but, but um, I, the reason I'm bringing it up is it's just sort of dumb. It's like it's all it's a speed limit on the 400 series of highways is already 120. No, I know. I came home I from uh, Oakville yesterday, and I was in the middle lane of the QEW, and it was raining, and I was 
I'm starting to be like, okay, I'll just go in the middle lane. I don't need to rush around. Plus, I have Stan in the car, so I'm a little cautious. I'm in the middle lane doing 110, and people are driving up behind me. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. Is this not fast enough for everybody? You know, it's all. So the, my point is the 400, the QEW, the, the standard operating procedure is between 110 and 120. Those guys coming up behind you uh, in the left lane, they're doing 140 to 150. Dan Duran, are you uh, are you paying attention to this? Rudra just checked in. He said, yeah, that stretch you mentioned on the QEW has been that way for a couple of years. Again, they had sort of tested it. And now they're deciding to keep it that way. Oh, okay. Um, you know, back in the 70s, Howard, uh, before we went metric, um, a lot of the 400 series, in fact, I think they were all 70 miles an hour. It was 70 miles an hour cars, 60 miles an hour trucks. That was, and all the signpostings were that way. And then they cut it back for some reason. I don't know if it was a energy crunch or whatever reason, but they pulled it back to 60 or 100 kilometers. Uh, but for some time in the province, it was 70. Was it really? Mm-hmm. Well, Dan, you know what I mean about people's average speed is already above 110. I mean, if you're going... Oh, yeah. Like, if, I don't even know what this is all about. I know. That's I, a, I'm, I'm, like, on the 401, like, I'm doing, like, 130. Like, 125, well, that's what 130. I mean. Usually. So, yeah. when I saw the story, I'm like, who's this for? Who isn't already going well, between, one, would, between 110 and 120? Well, here's the deal. If I was doing 130 and I was stopped, it would be a 30K fine. Now, it's going to be a 20K fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, okay, but to to that point, who? What cop is stopping you at one twenty? No, maybe one thirty. No. You might you might start to get a nibble, but one twenty on all those highways we're referencing. I was going to ask you about the four hundred seven too. I don't even know what the speed limit is on the four hundred seven, but most people are doing one forty. But yeah, so this is for who? Just so basically, is, is it so that the uh, is it so that the fines don't affect you? It, uh, maybe I, I don't know, Howard. I, I was going to oh say maybe God. it's part of an election coming up, but they were these were already in place and now they're going to be permanent. And the political thing has already started. It wastes gas. It's dangerous mm-hmm. from all the usual suspects, of course, because that's the game that's played nowadays. Uh, well, it, to there me, may it be. seems like a like a like a nothing story to me. Really. Well, that's you know, why I, I it, it was all. A, yeah. Yeah. It was a big announcement. QEW from Hamilton to St. Catharines gets a new speed limit as well as six other highways. I'm like, yeah, for who? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, Dan, what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say, like most people on the 401 are like about 120. Yeah. So maybe, and and I think uh, it's kind of around 7K over is when cops will feel comfortable with pulling you over. Well, so I said, if you're doing 120, you're not getting pulled over unless you're the only car on the road and the cop's bored. Yeah, or you know, trying to quota up or something. Yeah, like that's that. what I mean. But but, yeah. but should should I guess the question would be is should these these areas instead of having that tolerance be less tolerant but increase the speeds to what you know what people are generally going at? Yeah, I don't know. Like right. if it's well, if it's one ten, if it's one ten, like in Alberta, there's a lot of highways that are one ten, right between Edmonton and Calgary uh-huh. and and between Calgary and Banff. Those are all 110 highways and have been for a long time. I'm sure there's a revenue formula. Yeah. Definitely. There's there's got to be. In what Um, way? That they know that a certain speed produces, certain limits produce more? Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, you know, we can't make this too high because, 
you know, we've got to still, you know, I, they probably figure out what the peop- the average speed is, what people tend to be comfortable with, and adjust accordingly so that they can still raise it a bit at the same time, have a certain revenue stream they count on. Who knows? There's probably a lot of thought goes into this shit. Yeah, you know? no, I mean, I'm sure you're right. Mm-hmm. And again, I only I had written it down a couple of days ago, and I just thought it would be something we could chew on now while we're waiting for Dan to do the news, and then Tim, and then all sorts of stuff. But I, I think in the in the the bottom line for me was why are we doing this, and, and who is this affecting? Dan Duran, are you ready? Yeah, sure, I got some here. No. Here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes as has for credentials. He has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchor man's here. He's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. Uh, Dan Duran News today brought to you by so many fine people and Dan Duran's entire news after these messages. Cursing during your commute again. Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard. You know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. Uh, You can do that later. Uh, But first, here is the man with the plan, Hobby Life Red News, Dan Durant. Yesterday, we talked about Madison Cawthorn being invited to Republican orgies. Uh, maybe recapping that thought experiment. Didn't you have McConnell? Was McConnell wearing uh, I can't a gimp remember exactly. mask? I think McConnell's got a gimp, gimp mask. Gimp yeah, mask something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah, I read that story. That's pretty frightening. And uh, Bobert was uh, doing... Um, um, strap on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> All of that. Well, apparently. Uh, well, you know, Cawthorn, he's, he's done a lot of things. He he's just a kid. Have you seen yeah. him? He's mm-hmm. a kid. He's 26. Uh, he's 26. He isn't being scary... invited to orgies. No, but he's a scary bump Bible thumper. Oh, yeah. Well, they, yeah. dude, they all yeah. are. Yeah. yeah. So he remember he called Zelensky a thug and mm-hmm. incredibly the country was incredibly eagle as Russia uh, evil as Russian tanks. Rolled into the Ukraine. Uh, he brought a knife to a school board meeting, a gun through airport security. He was charged this wow. month with driving with a revoked license. Uh, but none of that seemed to be a big deal to the Republicans until he started making these comments about orgies and cocaine. And uh, so the uh, Republicans in a private meeting said, hey, McCarthy, do something. So he did. Yesterday, uh, McCarthy told reporters that he uh, had a meeting with Cawthorn and that Cawthorn admitted the allegations were untrue, according to McCarthy. Hmm. And and this is the big, uh, you know, clamping down. He told the uh, freshman congressman that he had lost trust in him and he needed to turn his life around. Ooh, that's showing him. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I watched uh, a clip of him talking about these things, and he just seems... Mm-hmm. I don't want to say the word like they're all they all seem like they're all part of this weird cult. I know that's well, it's just they're it just cult like. And again, it makes, it makes your mind run wild like, yes, uh, if you want to be on a special committee, you'll have to come over Friday night and suck uh, Mitch McConnell's dick. Oh, 
<laughs> this is part of it, and yeah, just just so you know. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that, and and excuse me, Dan. So this guy was elected by other people. Yeah. 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 So who who heard his rap, whatever it was? Mm-hmm. Think about that. Forget about Mitch McConnell's mm-hmm. wiener. Th- mm-hmm. Someone heard this guy talking at 26 and went, yeah, let him represent us. He likes Jesus. We like Jesus. There's all, that's all we need to know. He may be uh, taking himself out with this round, but he's also done some other weird things. I guess they, uh, re- you know how they've been doing the the redistricting of the election, the, the electoral uh, districts in the states. Yes. And I guess they, they had created a new um, district that he moved over to and he was going to run in. And then the court said, yeah, that's gerrymandering. No, you can't do that one. So it went back to the original. In the meantime, he had suggested that uh, or, uh, you know, endorsed another candidate that he was close with uh, for the, the old district. That for the original district. Left. OK, the original district. So he went back. And now he's competing against them and seven other people or six other people. So now it's there's a lot of uh, a competition for that. He may so he may not even make it through this next election. But it just shows you what's happening down there. And again, it's the Trump effect. I don't care what anybody says. Just that. Say what you want. What you wouldn't previously have said publicly before. Say it now. And it just gets the ear of all the whack jobs, and they're just more than ready to vote for you because they want America back the way it used to be. For sure, but before it gets in front of the whack jobs and all the Make America White Again crowd, the MAWA crowd, oh good, Tim's here, before it gets to them, somebody at the party level had to say, okay, well, yeah, we'll run that kid, that nut job. He'll be our nut job this time. Well, that just shows you the cancer within that whole yes. movement. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, let's pick this up here in a second. Dan yes. Duran, thanks for checking in. Uh, you know, yeah. we'll see you in a few minutes. Uh, while yeah, we, uh, yeah, no problem. We've got to get to Tim because he's been, uh, he's been on is, the lamb for a while. Well, he's been out doing uh, work around uh, the yeah, world. He's doing, yeah, he's a grown-up, Dan. He's not concerning himself with Mitch McConnell wearing a gimp mask. He's got real work to do. You know? All right. Well, I'll, this I'll is return, a, no, no, before you leave, no, listen, I just want you to know, Dan, you and I barely got through high school. He got high school, university, work experience, vice president, president. You and I and Fred were just like, oh, sports and DJs. Couple of idiots. Thank you, Dan. Sorry. Dan. All right. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Here's what, Dan, this is what, see that guy there? That's what happens when you pay attention in school. Mm -hmm. You guys started out together. Yeah, we... Yeah, we were both in Moose Jaw at the same time, and yet he's now living in Florence. I'm living in a basement of an old flower shop. (laughs) (laughs) That's who I am. Tim Daniels. The hell have you been? What's going I've on? I've been fine, guys. How are you? Good to see you, as always. <laughs> well, it's finally good to connect with you. We've gone through time changes. We all forgot. Yeah, yeah I was exactly. looking. I was like, guys, Tim really going to be on today, or is he going to, you know, move on and, to something? And then one day I showed up, only to find that it was the wrong day. Exactly. So I, I know. I sat and I sat and I sat and nobody. Geez, the clocks don't change that much. Wow, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah exactly. they, it's a completely different day in Florence, Italy. Um, has, sp- has spring sprung in Florence, Italy? Uh, you know, uh, it did a few days ago. We were up around 20 each day. And oh now we're into a little rainy spell this week. And so all week long, it's back down to, you know, 12, 14. Oh, years. horrible. Oh, we'd love that. Yeah. 
Yeah, oh, we no. had uh, we had it was here on Sunday. Uh, you yeah. know, Rachel, my love. We were hanging out here, and I was making breakfast. We looked out in the back, and it was snowing sideways. <laughs> and uh, no, I don't know what I it is. Do not miss those days. No kidding. Really- we were talking about it earlier about. I can't remember if this was before we started recording, but Fred was saying, what if we get so old? Because <laughs> it's going to be really windy here today. He said, what if we get so old that we can't go outside anymore? And I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, we'll just get blown over. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that could happen to us at this point. Now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah Seriously, upstairs. I wouldn't want my mother-in-law out there today. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, I mean, we're fine now, but we're definitely going to get more fragile. Um, <laughs> all right, smart guy. So uh, let's just get a quick update before we talk health gauge. Uh, you know, I was looking at some of the numbers today. Europe, Germany, I didn't check Italy, France. Uh, we had talked, uh, let me see, Italy is uh, kind of somewhere in the middle. Not bad, but still two questions to me. Yeah. So Germany, France, and Italy are still reporting COVID cases similar to how it's always been the last couple of years. The, the, the Americas have just given up. So right now, Germany had 267,000 cases yesterday. The U.S. only had 31,000. So we know there's some fuckery going on there. But Italy, 77,000 cases. So how, what's the vibe now, wave six, as it you know, sweeps across Florence? Well, you know, it's, um, you know, here business as usual. Everybody is out on the streets um, all through it, through, you know, the worst of the waves. And then when the waves subside here, you still see about half the people out on the street with uh, with masks on um, and all indoor venues. When you go to a restaurant, bar, et cetera, et cetera, it's masks uh, only. And, uh, and that's mandated. Mask. Mm-hmm. The masks yeah. are still mandated in indoors. Yeah, yeah, OK. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's never come off. Um, and so for that reason, as we go through, you know, new waves, um, we don't find that there's, you know, such a big shift in uh, in the, you know, the new decree that comes out because, yeah, we've never really uh, experienced the downtime from it in terms of, of them lightening the regulation. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, now, I understand just coming up shortly um, the, you know, the government has decided, ah, oh, we're, we're, we're basically going to, you know, uh, dispose of all the, the regulation. I don't know, man, just, you know, right in time for, for the, you know, this next big wave coming. It just uh, it, it, it doesn't seem intuitive mm-hmm. at this point. But, um, you know, I, I, I guess governments everywhere are just uh, feeling the fatigue, you know, the, the yeah. you know, that people are just giving up and, and resigned to to, you know, the new norm. And that's that we, we have to live with this virus and it's just going to be a, a, a part of our, yeah, for you sure. know, annual <laughs> regime of viruses that go through the house mm-hmm. uh, along with flu and colds and the rest of it. And, uh, and so, you know, we've kind of, you know, switched gears into that mentality and it's no longer, you know, the big, bad, you know, spooky boogeyman. Um, not mm-hmm. that it's any less right. dangerous, it's just we've we've you know grown accustomed to it. Well, I think that's I think that's the deal here too. I think uh, you know they've been you know the waves. Apparently, sixth wave is back here, but uh, I don't yeah. think there's any appetite for closing down. It's adjustment and learning yeah. how to live with it, and yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> being uh, cold, stark, uh, or being uh, a little cold with you know what? If you're susceptible, you got to look after yourself a little more this time. But well, where so, Tim yeah. is, I mean, Florence, mm-hmm. I, I mean, all of Italy, but you know, mm-hmm. you're only a couple months away from sort of 
peak inter-city, inter-country yes. travel. Yes, and I I know when we when we traveled from Florence back to you know back and forth between Florence and Venice, masked up on the train, like all mm-hmm. that intercity stuff. Yeah. You know, we're all I, yeah. You, you said what we said, Tim. We're all just going to have to learn to live with it, and maybe less of a. We can't. I, I just said I don't know if people are emotionally, psychologically in a place anymore where they can lock shit down because this time last year. About a week from now, last year, we had to lock down again in Ontario, the only place in North America. Um, but let's talk a little bit about Health Gauge. You know, we're wearing the Phoenix watch. We Once again, we have the uh, promo code back to HumbleFredHG, and, and people have been asking us about the watch. But, you know, from a, from a health standpoint, especially for older adults... You know, it's not a novelty anymore. And, and what I meant in, in terms of people being keeping track of, of vital signs. In fact, it's going to in fact, you won't have a device in the future that doesn't do it. But the future is here now. Why should people choose health gauge over some of the other options? And I think part of the reason I would say is that because they don't all have the metrics that this watch has along with the app. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There's, you know, there, there's things that set us apart. Um, first of all, the uh, the expansiveness of, of the feature set, you know, everything from heart rate, heart rate variability, blood pressure, ECG, uh, sleep patterns, activity levels, and so on. So we, we run the entire gambit of, of features. Um, but more than that, um, yeah, the fact that, that uh, our features are AI driven as opposed to straight algorithm, um, the clinical testing has shown that they're far more accurate. Um, um, so you're getting more readings and the readings you're getting are more accurate readings. We've gone head to head, for example, with the Apple Watch, how they, they, how they uh, aggregate their blood pressure reading as an example. Um, uh, ours is, is, you know, about 10% more accurate than the standard methodology that's used by other wearable devices on, on the market. Um, and and uh, and and so there's that, uh, and and there's the cost factor as well, where uh, most of these other are competitors, if you want to call them that, you know, come in at hundreds of dollars more than mm-hmm. uh, than the price of, of of the Phoenix. So so uh, we we think we represent you know a pretty good value, and that's on the front end, and then on the back end. So that, that's if you're just talking about the wearable here. Then we have the feature set on the back end that. that none of these others have and that's our cloud platform um, that aggregates all the data that's being brought in from this all day long is aggregated onto the platform and that data is accessible 24 7 to your doctors to your pharmacists to your therapists to your family members or whoever else you deem is is important to get that sort of information and that can be really really you know critical information uh, that's aggregated over a long term that shows you, you know some changes to your 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 baseline uh, rates on on some of these measurements um, Apple Watch doesn't have that at, at, at any price. It doesn't have that feature. So there's, you know, features that, that ours have that definitely set us apart. And it's a great motivator. Mm-hmm. You know, the other day, I'm wearing my watch all day long, and about 8 o'clock at night, I check it. And I'd only, I only had like 300 steps all day long. <laughs> Seriously, it was like yeah, just yeah. I was a lump that day. And when I saw that, I... It, I 
I was ashamed of myself, and I thought, sure. boy, I, don't, I wouldn't want Tim to find out about this, you know, <laughs> given your activity. No, but what, what it did, it made, it made me, tomorrow, I got to get my ass moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it just shows you how easy it is to just, you know, not exactly. do it. You know, what, what this is all about is giving you immediate and actionable feedback. And that's a perfect example yeah. where, you know, mm-hmm. you looked at it and said, man, I did something wrong today. Um, and I, I got to say, like, you know, in this world we're living in today, it's really stressful. You know, when you talk about war and the threat mm-hmm. of world war, when you talk about, you know, inflation going around and everything's costing more, everything's gone up except wages, um, you know, pandemics and so on. And, and all, you know, these eat into us all day long, every day, and we don't even realize it after a while. It just becomes our new norm. And what does this stress to us? It causes us to eat more, drink more, smoke more, sleep yep. less, exercise less. And, and that is affecting these vital signs without us even knowing it. You know, the, a lot of these things are the silent killer, like the blood pressure. And so these stresses, you know, they're causing, you know, more heart disease, obesity, diabetes, depression, and so on. And so something like this um, gives you that, that, that mirror, that virtual mirror that's saying, you know, buddy, there's, there's something here that's off. We better, you know, take yep. charge. We better do something a little bit different. And that's really the point of it is it's, it's, it's a coach that's, you know, you know, whispering in your ear saying, yep. you know, it's, it's time to do something here. Yeah. You know, some mm-hmm. signs are off. No, it's and a great tool. Really and and that's a real, tool. like what you said, Timmy, it's, it's like all this stuff that getting back to our discussion of the pandemic, you know, like when we first uh, reconnected with you a year ago, you think about what our mindsets were, you know, when we first started talking on and off the air, you know, I couldn't have imagined traveling to Italy, which we did in the fall. Now, of course, we're all what you said about the new normal. We're all now more comfortable than we were even a year ago with this other stress load on us. That's there all the time. And, and it's almost like, you know, then as soon as the pandemic, uh, the omicron wave started to uh subside now and then of the war and inflation and, and it's just it's non-stop and so having something like this i'm going to say this especially for men of a certain age because women tend to this is a good generalization tend to be a bit more aware and comfortable with their bodies and also in, 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 you know, asking for help, really, you know, Freddie, that buddy of yours, I always think of Jeff that, you know, mm-hmm. it, it could have not, could, you know, could have lived if he had just been a little less of a guy and gone and got some help. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now many years later, these watches can really keep track of what's going on with you, especially now that these times are so stressful. Uh, healthgage.com is where you go. Humble Fred HG gets you 15 points off and, uh, so you, thanks for uh, popping back in today. Uh, the three of us want to have a little chat, and I'll send you a note for maybe a little meeting next week. I'm around. Let's Timmy, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Okay, Tim. Good to see you, and, You know, buddy. we appreciate you, young man. Mm-hmm. Stay, stay well. Thank you. You, you too, guys. Yeah, it's always, a pleasure, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. I just, I just wish you could have talked to young Howard Glassman on Henry Street back all those years ago, and you should have said, Howard, this radio thing isn't going to work out for you. Uh-huh. But if you come with me, you could be living in Florence <laughs> all these years later. Oh, man. Wait till you see. I've seen where I've seen the city you live in, but wait till you see if you come to visit. What do you see how I live? You know? Just, just, I, I, I'm in Toronto every, usually every spring. I get, I'm going to be there in June. Are uh, you? 
I, I am. I am um, for a couple of days anyway for our our usual um, mining convention, which okay. I attend well, each year. Well. Um, is is you know normally held in March. It's been pushed off. Oh. To June this year, again, because of the pandemic. And, and so, thank God, it won't be minus 20 for no, 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 no. So, when you're here, we'll have to hook up. We know a great Italian restaurant we can take. <laughs> That's right. No, no, no. You know what we'll do? I'll, I'll make you my macaroni recipe that is just to die for. You're like, oh, can we have something beside pasta? Listen, dude, all the best to you. And we will... I, I, yeah, the three of us want to chat about some stuff, and uh, thanks again for today. There's Tim Daniels, Health Gage. Basically, if you don't get it, I mean, what are you doing? Do you even want to live? All right. Uh, thanks, Timmy. When, um... Yes. When you were in Florence, did you see anybody using pizza dough as a mask? I imagine you could do that. Yeah, okay. Hmm? Yeah, I did. You know, by the way, getting back work. to... Yeah, it was a great, great, great bit. Um, <laughs> no, it's a good one. That's a good bit. Hey, speaking yeah. of bits, by the way, just getting back to something I was thinking when we were talking about Rock not talking about the Will Smith incident. Again, it's a little bit weird to me. Because I think I'm, I'm not sure what night I'm going to be on stage, either Friday or Saturday night. I'm doing some stand-up this week. And, uh, like, I can't imagine that I won't mention it. Or, or I can't imagine that comics aren't referencing it all week. Yes, Dan, question? No, no, not a question. But, you, like, I, I uh, texted you this earlier. It's, uh, he did say something at that, kind of, that concert of his. Oh, okay. He said, uh, I have it here, I, I don't have a bunch of shit to say about that, he told attendees. I had written oh, right. a whole show before this weekend. I'm still processing what happened, so at some point I'll talk about that shit. It'll be serious, it'll be funny, but right now... Right now, he said, before Dan froze, he, yeah, he says, right now, I'm, I'm just going to... I was gonna, in Boston. Yeah, it's okay, because you just froze up. But he says, I'll talk about that shit, I'll be serious, it'll be funny, but right now, I'm going to tell some jokes. And, I, and now, I'm going to forget what I just said about referencing it, so he did. Mm-hmm. But th- what, what, what people are paying, I think, 200 bucks a ticket to see Chris Rock is not some stuff he just made up two days ago. They're seeing. They're, they've paid all that money to see the polished hour twenty that he's touring with. So he did reference it again. I don't know what I, I told you earlier, Freddie, that somebody was like, "I want my money back." Well, dude, you you bought those tickets to see Chris Rock, the guy you thought was funny before mm-hmm. the incident at the Academy Awards. See, that's why. That's what's wrong with the world. Yeah, people. That guy actually. <laughs> That actually went through the guy's head. Yeah. I want my money back. Who's your money back? Actually, what he said was, who paid? This is hilarious to me because he goes, who's paying $400 for tickets for Chris Rock in 2022? I'm like, you did. You douche. You paid it. You're you're talking. You're you're the guy that paid it. Hmm. I know. I know. So you People think? Are, so where are you? Uh, Saturday night is it? I, I'm not sure. I'm just waiting to find. Out. I'm either going to be. A, I'm going to be at the same place. I'm going to be at uh, Yuck Yucks on Richmond. Right. I, if I get a spot, because it's the thing is, it's it's a lottery system. You put in for spots. Right. You say these are the nights I'm available, and then you find out Thursday, usually, 
So, so you'll quickly maybe if you get it, put something together about the Chris Rock. Uh, um, Will Smith uh, maybe, thing? No, I'm not saying putting. I'm just saying I'll reference it. For, I might reference it. I'm sure mm-hmm. it's been referenced. I just thought it was odd that he didn't, right. but he did, according to Dan Duran's reporting. Well, you know, you can always use the pizza, jo- uh, pizza I dough joke if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. No, I, so hang on Forget a second. Forget all of it. So here's I am. I've been, I'm I've been in Florence, Florence, right? And people are walking around no, no, with no, pizza dough on their face. Okay, what? so that's how it starts? No, no I just think, I'm writing it down. So just <laughs> go right into it. Like, what do I do? I go, so I'm in Florence. And you know, I'm so joking to Mass. Okay. No, you start with, get a load of this. Okay. Okay. I'm in Florence. I'm in Florence. <laughs> yeah. And these people are walking around with yeah, pizza dough all the over picture. their face. <laughs> That's right. And I'm like, I don't want to wear a mask, but hey, if it's made out of pizza. Yeah, people are they're doing that. I'm going, I'm not eating that fucking pizza. <laughs> That's right. I'm, so I did, when you're in Italy, I walked around with a calzone on my face. <laughs> ah. There you go. There you go. There's hey, 10 minutes now we're there. rolling. Now we're rolling. Hang on a second. I don't know if that was 10 minutes, but if I did that on stage, it would seem like 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. While we all, it was just me and me and 300 people looking yeah. at each other blinking. You know what? I might fucking do that joke. I'll record it. I'll tell you what. I'm going to do that joke. Okay. I'm going to do that joke and uh, record it and I'll let you, we'll, we'll see on Monday what the reaction is. Uh-huh. I'm going to start with it. Hi, everybody. Howard Glassman, everybody. Fuck. Well, start strong, buddy. Start yeah. strong. You should always yeah. do that. Yeah. Rocking off the yeah. top. Mm-hmm. I've got some new material. <laughs> No, I, no, I won't even say that because this, this oh. is too good. I don't want to tip off. Hey, uh, do you have anything left here, sir? Are you? Uh, you have yeah, some maybe. stuff here. Not you. I know you do. Okay. do you have, well, no, oh, sorry, sorry, Dan. Do, Dan, do you have a, a second story you want to get to in a second? I can wait till. Oh, you know what I did want to mention though is that uh, Expo 2020 is closing today in Dubai, so you missed your chance. Oh. Did you, did you even know that Expo 2020 was on? I, I did didn't. not know that. It's 2022. I know. But it started but it late. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever go to... I, I spent, uh, speaking of stand-up, one of, uh, I had a crazy gig. For two weeks, I was on site at Expo 86 in Vancouver. Hmm. And it was a cool gig because uh, basically same club for, two, for 14 days. I did a show every day. It was weird. I did a show in the afternoon. And I would, it was two comics and the Second City Touring Group. And that's how I met Pat McKenna, because for a couple of weeks we were working uh-huh. together. But it was the weirdest, it was a big club on the expo grounds. And it was filled with people who mostly didn't speak English that just wanted to get to some place to sit down. So the afternoon oh. show, man, and, and by the way, stand up in the afternoon is dreadful to start with. So we would do a show in the afternoon, take a couple hour break, and then do a show in the evening. But the afternoon show was the best because it was literally four or five hundred people, half who didn't speak English. So we all just kind of fucked around. But anyway, um, yeah. By the way, Pat McKenna is going to be in Peterborough tomorrow night. Yeah, doing uh, his uh, uh, his tour, right? Well, he's go- he's uh, working with uh, Lindy Cash with Cluster Fork. It's an improv thing that they're oh, doing okay. at, uh, at Market what Hall. What venue? What venue? Red Market Dog? Hall. Market Hall. Market it's Hall. great. Mm. It's a great, great and, little and spot. The cool is if only I'd had the pizza mask joke at that time, <laughs> then I might have uh, really become something. In the meantime, Freddie, let's talk about these fine folks. 
Uh, Boat Dogs, where to go to wager on uh, any sport of your choice. It's an exciting night in Toronto. Yeah, the Leafs host the Winnipeg Jets and Austin Matthews at 49 goals. Will he score his 50th tonight in front of of the home crowd? The Maple Leafs, uh, yeah, pretty good favorite, a heavy favorite. Uh, The Jets pay $185 to win. The over-under is six and a half goals. Uh, Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, a casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and racebook. Hey, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Bodog. There's a couple things. Uh, Mike Boone is uh, here. Uh, Dan, you're wearing a shirt similar to the shirt I was wearing yesterday. Basically, a long sleeve, sort of buttoned. Uh, yeah, it's a collarless shirt with yeah, some yeah. three buttons. Yeah. So I had that shirt on yesterday, very similar. And I wore it on the show. And I wore it out and about doing stuff. And then I happened to get on a Zoom call with uh, Rachel somewhere in the day. And I don't, you know, she says, uh, how you doing? I said, good. She goes, you know, your shirt's on inside out. <laughs> like, I'm like, well, no, I did not know that, Rachel. Mm-hmm. She's like, how do you just walk? How do you walk around like that? I go, I don't know. I mean, part of it is I, when I don't wear my reading glasses, which I have on now more and more, I, I really can't see the subtleties. Like my shirt was exactly like Dan's and the buttons were there, but they were turned in and I, I didn't notice it, which I, I thought to myself, this is why. You know, old people, we need someone around because (laughs) old people get a bad rap. (laughs) That's right. It's not easy getting old. Like, I'm just some guy now wandering around with his shirt inside out. Well, with your uh, urinary tract problem. Yes. um, I'm more concerned with just walking by and going, oh, fuck, I can smell urine. That that. But I would tell you, I would tell you. I would hope so. You know, because a lot of old people, it's like that. It's like, holy fuck, man, they smell a bit like urine. Yeah. Because you're leaking and you don't know. And, you know. Oh, but yeah. you Listen, <laughs> hey, let's have a pact. Mike, Dan, me, if when Howard gets that way, we'll tell him. Appreciate right? it. Yeah, no, I, we'll call that the uh, the urinary tract pact. I like that. <laughs> oh, or instead of the rad pack, we're the, uh, we're the tract pack. I like it. And, and vice versa, you know, if you finally lose the ability to hold in, you know, all your shit, then then I will say, hey, Freddie, uh, great catching up with you and doll, but you might want to change. Your, you look a little lumpy in the jeans there, buddy. You might want to change your adult diaper. And Dan Duran revealed to the other me to me the other day that he's walking around in long johns most of the time. Those can't smell good. Especially with all the oh. dick cheese you produce. Oh, seriously? Yeah. yeah. Good. I've point. got several pair. I change them out every day. What are you talking about? Dan's producing feta like base layer. They don't call them long underwear. They're called base layer. Yeah. Well, your dick cheese is like those you know, feta cubes. <laughs> oh yeah. Jesus. <laughs> that's, a, Jesus. that's such a gross, gross. It is. Image. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Toronto Mike is here. He's far above this kind of chit No, I know. No, he's yeah. just sitting there shaking his head. He he's like, uh, yeah. He's like, yeah. hey, this is not, you know, he'll do 14 hours with Mark Weisblatt, but he can't do right. 10 minutes with us. 
How about a deep dive on dick cheese? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you guys need me around because I'm a little younger, so I can be the guy, the smell police. I can let. Yeah, you that's true. Know. That is true. Because hey, Dan, Dan, and I and Fred will have already lost our sense of smell. <laughs> Right. You'll be able to. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll give you the real talk. Like, I won't sugarcoat it. I'll be like, Howard, oh, you know. stink. Howard, you smell like whiz. Based on this conversation, we've lost our sense of taste, too. <laughs> oh, very well, that's good. That's a side Ooh. effect of uh, COVID. Dan Duran coming in with some class. Hey, uh, Mike, let me try this bit out on you. So I was in uh, Florence. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was... Uh, Thank you very much. Yeah, great to be here. Uh, it's great to be back. Uh, during the pandemic, I didn't do a lot of stand-up, but I did do some traveling. I was in Florence, Italy, which was amazing. And it's kind of interesting to experience a foreign country during a pandemic because they did things a little bit differently. For instance, here in Canada, we, know we were wearing masks, N95. Some people made their own masks. But there in Florence, it was crazy. I just kept walking up to people, and I couldn't tell who they were because they had pizza dough on their face. Is that the... You're a master. <laughs> Is that it? That's that's what you call crafting a boat. Like I'm, I'm telling you, I'm doing it, and I, just so you can hear the absolute silence after I say those words out loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you, you need a kicker. Like I said, something like, "Hey, fuck, I ain't eating that pizza," you know, because oh, it would, would they, have been I, on their yeah, face, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then and then you, you know, put that, yeah, that's what's missing the there. Well, okay, so hey, sorry, I'm just workshopping it now. <laughs> I just don't want to fuck it up. Uh, Toronto Mike is the uh, producer of this program, and um, you said you had a, a message from a Hundy P about the uh, li- about liver donations and uh, Eugene Melnick, Melnick, who we talked about earlier in the the week. He died right. at sixty two, had yeah. a shitty liver. This is from Leanna Scott, who's a Hundy P. Yeah, very nice. Leanna writes me a message, a DM, and said, uh, just listening to March 29th podcast. Maybe this has been addressed, but I've I've only just started. For liver transplant, no no, a person does not need to have died. The liver is a regenerating organ, meaning it grows. A liver donor, a living liver donor is possible. Okay. So what, how does that work? They take a... They take you a take piece a of, it, of it, yeah, yeah. Oh, and right. it just starts growing again. Well, that's an important clarification. It is well, important. You, you learn something all the day. Mm-hmm. And one more thing from me, because I heard you guys talking about COVID cases, and I know cases really don't matter. I'm like you guys. Tell me about hospitalization and ICUs mm-hmm. because it's everywhere. But they, uh, because no one is reporting, like no one's getting counted in the official count of yeah. COVID cases in this province. So what they do is they analyze our wastewater and they, you shed your COVID through your, mm-hmm. you know, your bowel movements and urinations that goes in the wastewater. So they've mm-hmm. determined right now in Ontario, we have about 30,000 to 35,000 cases of COVID a day. Yes. But if that sounds scary, I wanted to see, like, how scary is that? In early January, at the height of this Omicron wave, 130,000 cases a day in Ontario, according to the wastewater samples. But you know what? To me, that's almost good news. It's like, if that is the situation, and there's only 100 people in right. um, ICU, then maybe that's good news. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, we're getting this thing, and it's not too bad for most people, and... uh you know, the mass immunity will get here quicker than we think. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I, I think it's interesting, though. And Boone is, uh, you know, he's younger than us. He's a bit of a, still a neophyte broadcaster in terms of uh, time spent. But I think it's interesting that Boone says uh, urination and bowel movements when we've just talked about Dan's dick cheese and us, <laughs> and us walking around stinking like piss and shit. But that's, you know, that's where we're different. <laughs> <laughs> 
But you know what? I, I love the fact that Boone still feels like he needs to keep it classy, and that's why he's producing this program. That mm-hmm. movement takes me back to the daycare days, like when your kids are in daycare. I would get reports every day of how many BMs. Yeah. They BMs, had. exactly. That's right. <laughs> there was. That's a, a great title for a book: BMs before DMs. <laughs> or like uh, BMs I've had. Yes, like a memoir. BMs I've had. So uh, let's talk about uh, this, uh, this fine episode of Toronto Might, which we participated on in a couple weeks right. ago. Okay, because you two. Uh, yeah, Dan was not a part of this. Uh, he's still waiting to make his Toronto Mike debut, so we're waiting on that. But uh, Humble and Fred, you were both a part of the uh, episode 1021, 1021, and it dropped last week. And I'm just here to say that the, uh, the, 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 the reaction and the feedback has been outstanding. People absolutely loved your participation and everybody talking about the history of CFNY. So if any CFNY listeners are listening to us now, and I know there's many, Check out episode 1021 of Toronto Mike. I know you'll love it. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Um, <laughs> but if you don't mind, though, would you listen to our show, too? Well, they are, right? That's how they're hearing me right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was great. I, I think, uh, I, did I, I, did you and I talk about this or somebody was talking about that, that asking why you didn't do it in three parts like the early years the mid 90s and then later you know what i mean like to break no, it up i was not a part of that convo no. have you been asked i mean because it really is a it's you want to talk about a deep dive into the history of a great radio station it was fantastic but have you been asked that about doing it in three parts or no uh no not till right now no. okay well, I, just so it's about, I will say, yeah, so, I mean, we laughed about episode 1000 being five hours and 40 minutes, which is insane, oh, yeah. but it did get me on the you know, cover of the Toronto Star, so I guess insanity works. But the uh, second longest episode is this one, which is like three and a half hours, so it's really deep. We start with Marsden, and then we kind of make our way to Jay Brody. It's like from Marsden to Brody. Yeah. Um, and speaking of uh, radio people, Bruce Barker is a cat that Fred and I worked together. We worked with him only, I think, during the Mojo years. Was it early? I don't think he was there a long time, but we that was our when Bruce was working on our show times. Was that just Mojo? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's had some struggles, too. I mean, you know, he had battled obesity and then lost uh, over 100 pounds and over then, 300 pounds well now no he's that was years ago mike he's lost he's lost those pounds over and over again but yeah. I, th- I think this last time he lost the weight was well and then then he had a stroke and he recovered from that and yeah yeah so what about him well he okay so he sorry go ahead no, i was gonna say mike so at his heaviest he was over 600 pounds when right. we knew him he was easily in the fours but I forget, too. I had worked with him a little bit at Mix. I think he was in the halls at one point. Anyway, Mike interviewed Bruce, and Mike set this up. Okay, so Bruce came over yesterday to talk about all of that. And, uh, yeah, he had to learn how to talk again, by the way, after his stroke in 2016. He could not speak. He had to learn from uh, how to talk, which is tough for a radio guy. But, okay, so what I did is uh, basically we're just telling good stories. And here's a quick story about our very own Freddie P., it's a spring training story with Freddie P. And, and, I, and I love Fred Patterson to death. But, you know, again, you had free Labatt's beer. And they always took a day off towards the end of spring training. And I had to be Freddie's bodyguard for that whole night because it was like, <laughs> Lloyd Mosby, I love you, mans. Yeah. And 
that was great being Freddie's wingman because I could I learned how to protect people from that. <laughs> but uh, you know, but he was great because we would go down there. We'd always pick the same two weeks to be in Florida, and then of course, like when I was at CKBB, I was doing the Leaf games, and I would send Fred some audio the next morning. Like I call CFNY at five a.m. <laughs> Do you want some tape of you know of the Leaf game line? Oh sure, yeah, yeah. And you know, we're friends to this day, and that's over fifty years. So some tales from a young Freddie P in Dunedin for two weeks every spring. Oh, yeah. Fred was a legendary sports piss tank. Free <laughs> <laughs> Labatt's Blue, like eh, eh, Freddie? I like beers. <laughs> yeah, that was back when it was sponsored by uh, Labatt's, right? And they had all, they'd always have all these get-togethers and evenings and nights and afternoons. Oh, yeah. where, you know, where you'd drink some beers. <laughs> drink <laughs> some beers. Um. By the way, with um, him having to learn to talk again, you saw that story about Bruce Willis, eh? Like, he's had to retire because he's got that disease. Aphasia something, yeah. You can't communicate? Not very good for an actor, unless he wanted to do another, like, uh, Coda or something. So, right. what is the deal? He's, he, he, he can't talk anymore? Well, it's like gibberish or something, and apparently your mind's fine, but you just can't communicate. There's a cog- cognitive dissonance yeah. or something between your brain and your verbalization, where you can't right. say what's in your head. You can't talk. You can't act unless you like unless you do like a mime or something. I don't know. But think about it. Of all the things that you know, when you're a kid, thinking, oh, you know, one day I might get old and then just speak gibberish. Mm-hmm. That isn't the worst thing I think to have. You know, I mean, maybe as an actor, oh, easy for or you as a broadcaster, say. but no. But I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, like if if really all that was like uh, I feel great, but uh, how you doing today, Howard? How the hell are you going to use that? You're, uh, yeah, you're going to use that second, Saturday night. That'll be my second joke. Uh-huh. Uh, no, and then uh, and then every time I I, I I will just call it back by every time if something doesn't go over, yeah. I'll just go. Yeah. Or how about this? You know, I feel bad for the guy, but hey, at least he'll get better at charades. <laughs> See, it's writing itself. This, this is like a writer's room. Um, <laughs> I was telling Ted shaking his head. I was telling uh, Boone Fred that, and by the way, Bruce has lost three hundred and fifty pounds. That's how big this guy was. He was six fifty. Now he's three hundred. One of the things that that you told me about Barker and I got to experience and I love Barker he's been on this show we love the guy sweet sweet man he said Barker loved food loved food didn't make any bones about it you know sometimes you know he would tell you every he could tell you the best restaurant to eat in every city Every sports city in North America, I'd say, you know, I'm going to Boston. Oh, you got to go to Pepe's over there at, uh, you know, Third Avenue. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't matter where. Yep. I I think he was the one that gave you the heads up on Wetback Charlie's uh, as well back in the day. Sure. Mm -hmm. But I was telling Boone, one day uh, Bruce was on the, you know, doing sports, whatever, on our show. And he said, hey, guys, I'm going to order some breakfast sandwiches. And there would be, say, Fred and I, producers, a couple of other people, maybe six people working on the show, including Bruce. And we all go, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. And he, do you remember the sack of sandwiches that appeared? And the key thing about that, this is Young and Dundas. Yeah. That was his buddies who yeah. ran the Wex- Wexford restaurant. Beautiful. Where, right where I grew up at, at Lawrence and Warden, that area. So these sandwiches came down from... Warden and Lawrence to Young and Dundas, this bag of sandwiches. I mean, his connections are legendary when it came to food. <laughs> and they were, I still remember, they were like pea meal bacon breakfast sandwiches, Dan. They were amazing. 
Mm. But I remember looking in that bag, and there was like six people working on the show, and there was 30 breakfast sandwiches at least. Mm-hmm. It was like a... I just remember that it was too many breakfast sandwiches. Well, he revealed to me yesterday that he's been banned from mandarins. Yes, this like, is great. They have his, like, they have his, like, a, his picture what? at the front door. Because oh, yeah. of how much he... These are, you know, mandarin, all-you-can-eat buffet or whatever. Yeah, sure. Like, he... He wouldn't stop. He'd clear out the place. Like, literally, it was, I think, costing them a fortune. Well, it's like Dan. Dan's been banned by most of the rub and tugs in Toronto because it's like, <laughs> they, say, they go, too much work. Mm-hmm. Too much. <laughs> that bugs me about Mandarin, though. All Boy, you can I... jerk. Dan took care of that. All you can jerk. See, there's another. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fucking, I'm done. on fire. Yeah. I'm sorry. What bothers you about Mandarin? No, no, no. I mean, that, but I wish I didn't. That just bugs me. I mean, that's the deal. All you can eat. It's not but Bruce's they reserve the right. Long. That's, you know, we reserve the right. Right. And it's, it's all you can eat. Yes. It's all, all you can places. eat. Yeah, it's not eat everything we have. <laughs> Remember, there's a Simpsons episode about this where Homer uh, is told to leave uh, all you can eat and he sued the place. Yeah. With Lionel Hutz. Yeah. That's Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I was just gonna. Say, I was gonna say a whole. How much could he eat that it would you know a lot? Embarrassing. You know, I mean, again, we should point out though, Bruce, lovely man. I spent you know uh, ninety minutes with him yesterday. He's lost three hundred plus pounds. Yeah, he's doing. He's on the radio to the. He's on CJOY. I can't remember exactly where that is, but it's in Ontario, CJOY, and uh, he's doing well. But he admittedly had a, you know a problem with food, and we're simply uh, no, no. I, he, that's what I'm saying. He he made no bones. Yeah, someone about on your him. Facebook said we were being mean. I just want to like no, 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 no. This is a Who guy we've that? known. It uh, doesn't matter. Brian Reichardt on your oh, well, Facebook. Brian, said, we're not. Here's the thing. We would have this conversation with Bruce. We've yeah. had this conversation exactly. With Bruce. He's been on the show, and we've talked about. Just reading over my shoulder. You guys are mean. Yeah. The last time Bruce was on, I talked about the fact he ordered 35 sandwiches, and there was only six of us. He, he, believe me, Bruce knows and knew he ate a lot. And it's all on this episode of Toronto Mike yesterday, so you can hear in his words. I don't like, you know, he told these stories. Well, you know what? We're not being, well, maybe we are. I have no idea. But what about, does he have anything to say about Dan being banned from Rub and Tugs? <laughs> we'll check it out. <laughs> Too much work. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so that's all we have to say today. That's enough show. Down. Oh, no, for, for next week, oh, uh, we're doing yeah. some more shows next week, fellas. Okay, so let me uh, peek at the calendar here. Uh, drum roll, please. Okay, well, Bill Brio is ev- the first Monday of every month, if you haven't caught on yet, is Bill Brio, and that is uh, Monday coming up. So uh, then there's. Uh, by the way, by the way, excuse me, Mike, for the interruption again. That uh, Tim from HealthGage is that also on Monday, or are we? Did that just happen no, well, today? The, so remember, Tim messed up the time zones last week. So this is the third attempt at making. Well, we had him on today. So what about Monday? Yeah. Is he coming on Monday too? Well, as we speak, yes. Okay. And then, and then Tuesday, you'll speak to this, Howard, uh, a friend of the show from back in the day, uh, Dr. Uchi. Dr. Uchi Odiatu. Going to check in with him. He was a great guest, a fit speaker, dentist, uh, all around positive influence. That'll be great talking to him. Yeah, that's good juxtaposition for you guys. And then uh, Wednesday, there's a gentleman who wrote a book on... Uh, People you didn't know were Canadian Jews, okay? So what, what he's going to come on and is going to basically be a game with you guys of like 10 p- famous people you did not know were uh, Canadian Jews. So we're going to play Jew or not Jew with this guy? It's a great well, game. 
Yeah, it was, it's basically uh, the top 10 people uh, that are Canadian and Jewish, but people don't know they're Canadian and Jewish. Do you have one example that of some? I can't even think of somebody that I wouldn't know. Well, that's why it'll be interesting. And, and the reason this is happening is because, Howard, I feel like uh, as a proud member of the tribe that you this is an okay, t- fun topic. And the gentleman who's coming on is also... Uh, proudly of the Jewish faith, mm-hmm. so David well, Eisenstein. Drake would be one, right? That a lot of people wouldn't know. Except I feel like people know he's Jewish, so I hope. Oh, okay, I don't know about you know. It's funny, Freddie, you bring that up because I, I bet you if you ask ten people, they would I don't know. know most people would. Hmm. I mean, I'll tell you, who, I'll tell you who knows. Jews know. <laughs> We're gonna find Jews out. know who are Jewish, man. And then Howard again, so you'll have to speak to this. But there's an American stand-up named Ron uh, Placone. Yes. Uh, I booked him, Fred. He's a, he, I, I found out about him from uh, Ward Anderson, another friend of the show. And uh, this, I, I thought we should just. Get the, the, he's, I looked at his stuff, and he seems like a kind of a political guy, and you know, sort of a liberal American, and he'll have some uh, perspective. But also now, in light of uh, Will Smith and Chris Rock, it might be interesting to catch up with a new voice on the show, and he's coming to town, and it'll be uh, you know a few minutes. Mike also told me that he um, was recording a podcast and Randy Hillier was the guest. And uh, Mike asked him if he'd like to come on the Humble and Fred show. And of course, he declined. No way. Well, he wasn't so that no way-ish. He he sort of brushed it off. And then when I followed up via email, uh, we couldn't make it happen. But uh, he was on uh, Dr. Mike Hart's show. And uh, so I was Zooming with him. And uh, yeah, I think think Randy is very careful where he appears. Of course. All those guys are. All those. They don't want to answer. They don't want to answer obvious questions. They just like to cozy up to people that think exactly the way they do. You know, we don't do that because, you know, we encourage those guys to come on. Let's have the debate that they always claim they want to have. They want to be heard. They want their side to be heard. Yet they don't want to answer obvious questions. It's 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 amusing, really. Mm. So I did have a I know, Howard, you said you left messages, but I had a uh, interaction. What kind of guy is he? Because he seems unhinged. Okay, so my experience again, I was I I wasn't even chatting with him except before and after the Zoom. So I I was on the Zoom for a while, but I spent maybe ten minutes chatting with the guy. Very much like I would call uh, folksy, uh, rural in nature. Mm. I'm trying to be, but basically, he seems a bit like um, <laughs> like if they were remaking uh, the Beverly Hillbillies, maybe you'd cast him in uh, one of the roles. What he would be Jethro, or uh, would he be uh, <laughs> Pa? Uh, Jed. 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 Um, I don't know. Do, I, do you have any energy left to listen to a conservative MP call our, our prime minister uh, a dictator? Do you have any info? Because uh, if not, I'm just going to let it go. Is this a Canadian one? Or yeah, yeah. What, Canadian. What happened in Europe? No, no I don't, I've got the, the European one I had for Monday, Tuesday, but I, don't, I, I know where it is. But basically, this is a conservative MP from Alberta who is describing why our prime minister is a uh, dictator. Yes, Dan, I know if I had a mouse, I would already be playing this clip. Uh, Thank you for the question. Um, Dictator. I I just did a quick review um, in uh, in the dictionary. So according to the Oxford Dictionary, a dictator is a ruler with total power over a country, typically one who has obtained control by force. There are many Canadians that would believe that would hold the view that this does apply to Mr. Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada. Oh, okay, let me just pause there. First, he's from Lethbridge. Secondly, this is, it's the Trump playbook. There are many Canadians that would believe that. Okay, produce one fucking Canadian that says, yes, I believe the Prime Minister took power by force, and he's a dictator. 
Find me one. Well, Richard her. would tell you that. Well, how did he take it by force? Well, no, I know. Because did he invite the emergency, the Emergencies Act. I know. It's it, like that's an insult to my intelligence. It really is. It, it, like, it's sickening. That's your Conservative Party of Canada, everybody. And it is up to, I apologize for using his name, to the Prime Minister of Canada. And, it, and it's actually up to the Canadian people to determine that. And they'll be determining that at the next election. Now, here's... Uh, anyway, so it's just part of the... It's just part of the... And, and the funny thing is that attitude is what's going to sink them. And this is the emails I have back and forth with Tony. Who actually, Tony Clement, who we should get him on again, who's a Poliev fan. And it's like, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And now Poliev is, you know, he's, you know, he's becoming the poster boy for that ilk. You know that. Well, the problem is, and Dan, please don't be pre-insulted by the fact that I'm going to bring this back to religion. But Poliev, turns out he's quite religious. Mm-hmm. This woman... Uh, she supported the insurrections, of course. But she attended this thing out west that Dan and I have heard of called the Briarcrest College and Seminary Evangelical Institute located in Karenport, Saskatchewan. I know where this is. Um, Poliev's mother, Sheer, Kenny, all come from or lived in this area. And all I want to say about religion is, isn't it interesting, I find fascinating, but interesting to the average person, that all the people, not all of them, but a good part of them on this part of the narrative, the right wing Canadians and, of course, the right wing Americans, why is it you scratch and all comes down to the the Bible and call, Bible college and it's always something to do with the religion. It, it seems odd to me, Daniel. I it's they've been co-opted and mushed together somehow because the, yeah. the Christian Christian values are kind of diametrically opposed to a lot of the, the they're more socialist than they are conservative if you're if you're looking at you know what you're supposed to do and taking care of your you know fellow man and stuff it's just odd to me that it, it it's it's crystallized in such a conservative way it doesn't make any sense to me but it, yeah. I know but those, I mean, those ones, they're evil-hearted. Like Randy Hillier, he's an evil man at heart, and a lot of those people are. You know, and they try and present themselves as, you know, deep thinkers and, you know, what about, you know, you know, you got to consider the other side and um, think about this and what about our country and what about our culture and you know where it's all coming from. Yeah, and, you know, she's anti-mask, of course, and all the regular tropes of the... But see, somebody like me, I'm in a real pickle because that polio, poli, polio, poliev, it sickens me. That whole movement sickens me. But outside of the prime minister, the prime minister, I supported him through COVID and even the Emergencies Act. But outside of that, I can't stand the guy. I don't want him to be the prime minister. So what do you do? Like, I think he was a shitty prime minister. Never answers to question, you know, sidestepped a lot of things. There's been a lot of floundering. So we're in great shape, aren't we? As a serious, here's somebody's reaction. As a swing voter, I hear this and cringe. I would consider myself a swing voter because I've voted both mm-hmm. conservative and liberal yeah. federally and cons- federally and provincially. As a swing voter, I hear this and cringe. Why? Mm-hmm. Because I voted, uh, you know, CP in the last federal election. Mm-hmm. 
albeit for a strong local candidate, which is, again, is a different thing. In 2025, I'll decide between Mr. Singh, who I think would make a far better PM than Pierre Putin, which is what he's being called, yeah. Yeah. and our current liberal MP, whose reputation as a fighter is well known. Anyway, that's the problem is that I and I would say this to Tony. I've said it to him. Mm-hmm. This woman and this party makes me cringe. I don't want to be associated with it. No. Even if I thought the local no. person here, Mike, I don't even know who that is in our neighborhood, but if I thought they were good, I just don't want to be part of it. Yet, I don't know if I want to reelect Justin Trudeau for another you know period of time as a dictator. Well, he may he may not even run. He may have had enough by that. But you know, when it gets back to this, and we've said it before, you know, far left people only want good, almost sometimes to the point of naivety. Yeah, it's too much. Dream world. People on the far right are just evil fuckers. So you know. Hey, Fred. I'll tell you who uh, we support. Have you talked about the retirement Sherpa yet on this program? I don't believe I have, Howard. Well, let's well, can't, we can't enough. finish a show without that. No, Tim Niblett, a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Uh, yesterday, Tim was on the show. Again, more great information. Uh, what are you doing, you know, at work? If they have, a, you know, a, an RESP uh, match program, you should be in it. If they have a stock program, take a good look at it because basically, people, your company is offering you free money. And often people think, well, I can't afford to be part of that. Yes, you can. Because you can buy in at your comfort level. And again, you're being given free money. So that is the message. If those programs are available at your workplace, have a long, hard look at them. You know, and it took Tim to bring that to our attention yesterday. Like so many other things he offers. Super knowledge. He's the retirement shipper. Retirement shipper.ca. Uh, Boone, you got anything else you'd like to plug? <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll, uh, I'll reach out to Tony and see, maybe uh, the guy with the uh, Canadian Jews, you didn't know were Canadian Jews, give him 10 minutes and then go straight to Tony Clement. Uh, well, no, let's, let's not bump the Jew guy, come on. Well, not bump, uh, I just got your reaction, I was reading your reaction that you weren't No, not at all, I am I, excited. I can compress it and then bring no, it No, 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 it'll be great. Uh, but, uh, oh, you've already put Tony Clement in there. I have to do that right now because I know he's going to say yes when I ask him. Well, you know what we can do, Mike? We can get David on a little bit early. Put David on at 8 or 8.05. We'll do 15 or 20 with him, and then we'll talk to Tony about uh, Pierre Putin. Yeah. I I want to play Wheel of Jews. Because <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't funny. run it by you first, and I know yeah. that's one of those like you know. Yeah. Is it who's a Jew? No, is no. Are, Jew? are you ready to? <laughs> hey, are you ready to solve the puzzle? It's or skin. The wheel of Jews. <laughs> What's that? A Mikey? lot of us non uh, gen, a lot of us Gentiles born in the seventies uh, don't have foreskin. Like this was the way of the world in the seventies. No, no, it's it all gone. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm I don't have foreskin, but I'm not Jewish. It's just the way it is. I know, Mike. It's okay. I'll show you later. <laughs> I'm okay. Dan's uh, foreskin is like a hoodie. It's like uh, he, he, when he's cold on a cold day, he can take it up and then put it over his head. It's quite something. Fucking seat you got to think about the maintenance on that thing. Like, uh, you know, how much time does it take to maintain that every day? Oh, like it's a lot. It he's going to take a wire brush and scrub it. Yeah, scrub it. Yeah, I I'm, I'm can imagine. <laughs> poor, da- poor Dan. <laughs> Jesus. Dan! 
Yes. This isn't he right. Deserves, he, he deserves better. Than yes, he does. Hey, um, actually, coming in, are we going to hear about your Noom journey soon, Dan? You're going to become the Noom daddy? Uh, yeah, I'm going to be doing that soon. Good. Hey, by the way, I did want to mention something. That, Please. That I uh, did some voice work for... Uh, a uh, a series uh, it's on CBC Gem that just uh, it's it should be on there t- as of today <clears throat> called my uh, uh, the revenge of the uh, be- the revenge of the best black friend Aww. the black best friend the black best friend sorry I got that wrong the black best, best friend say that again yeah. what is the actual title revenge of the black best friend. Oh, it's an interesting uh, little uh, take on things. It's a little comedy involved, and uh, I'm doing some voice work in in the uh, in episode one and four. So check those. And out. it's available on anyway. CBC Gem. Thank you, and Dan Duran, our very own, you know, talent. I'm going to check that out. I love the stuff on Gem. I'm a big fan. I'll be checking it out, Dan. Okay. There's a lot of interesting things on Gem when you when you get down and look at it. It's all free. Too. Dan, why don't you take a couple minutes and just read what's on Gem? Just do the entire lineup now. I think that'll be good. <laughs> Pen Fifteen is on there. Pen Fifteen is a very funny show that I enjoy on uh, on Gem. All right. Um, have a great weekend, everyone. Stay safe. Today is going to be very windy. You know, the wind can recognize day. Uh, Toronto Mike, available wherever uh, Toronto uh, podcasts are sold. Dan Duran, of course, uh, look for him on CBC Gem. Fred and I will be back Monday. And I won't be, I'll be featuring no facial hair. I'm shaving this oh. shit today, man. Nice. Enough. Mm. I don't know how you people do it. All right. Have a great weekend. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, and GoDaddy. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and remember to listen Monday for more great content like Fred's fantastic Florence, Italy bit, where we'll try and review the best pizza dough masks. There's a destination that would be masks. From the habitations of the towns we know, a place we saw the lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts Two turntables and a microphone Bottles and cans and just clap your hands Or just clap your hands Where's the